Podiskew Podcast is a founding member of the Odd Pods Media Network. I'm Midnight Agent Raw. And I'm Okami. We are the Super Media Bros Podcast. And each week, we give a comedic take on all forms of entertainment, such as movies, music, video games, television, and much more. So put your shades on and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Shades on. We're on. Podeskew Podcast. I am CJ. With me, as always, is my head roll like me, Rico. What's up, man? What's up, motherfucker? Um, not me. I'm fucking exhausted. Yeah. How was uh, how was your uh, your day, dear? <laughs> you know, some of the irony in that, based on who's sitting on the screen with us. But anyway, um. No, we uh no, I had the wedding last night that I went to. It was a lot of fun. Yeah? Yeah. Any any interesting stories? Anything you could have uh, No, no, I mean nothing nothing too bad. I, I, I got to talk about the network, got to talk talk about the show a little bit, you know, uh played a bunch of blackjack, you know, so yeah, they had a um uh fifty fifty raffle at the thing with a you could either play blackjack and or I mean, and you could switch back and forth at any point, but you could play blackjack or roulette. Well, based on on how you look, you look busted. So. I, I'm a, I'm a little busted. Yeah, I I had a few drinks and and whatnot. So, but let's not. We have a third chair today. I hesitate to call her a guest at this point because she's pretty much an a, 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 another member of the show. But uh, steps back with this. Yeah, we've established that she's she's the unofficial third you know host yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you guys are too kind <laughs> because we're on camera yeah <laughs> well hi everyone uh so uh we're we're, we're, we're I, I i'm stunned that's that's how okay yeah well let me let me help you out for the past three fucking years you've been trying to get <laughs> me to watch at least two specific films yeah, I tried watching one of them. Turns out it was the wrong goddamn movie, and you thought that, that was, was still one of the funniest things I think you've ever done. I'm not gonna lie; I'm really fucking glad we're not talking about that movie <laughs> because that that I I didn't finish it. I was like, this 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 sucks. Like, I know this is a like a classic, and I'm gonna get some fucking hate. Scanners, what the fuck? Like the the only I'm, like worthwhile part of that movie is like a dude's head blows up and you're like all right I lost interest now I don't care I've actually <clears> never <throat> seen it believe it or not you know what here th- there's this joke and it's mostly to give you shit and Mark is the one who like really pushes it but like there's that joke that like you just like weird movies I like no I like, like it I like terrible movies is the I was yeah. trying to be I was trying to fucking be nice Well if you're going to quote so. Mark's joke you might as well you know so fair but 
well, actually, that's that's a that's almost a quote from Mark. He, he always says that's fair. Um, what do you think I got it? <laughs> Look, enough. I can't judge because I watch terrible movies on purpose. You know, sometimes that's just what I want to see. You know, like I, Van Van Helsing. <laughs> I like Van Helsing, so I guess that kind of proves to the point. Um, you are definitely proving our fucking point. Really quick, I will. I'm having never seen Scanners. Just looking at the cast list, I will say there is one positive thing that I see, and that's Michael Ironside's in the movie, and he's pretty damn good. He's usually pretty good in just about anything he's in. So he he's entertaining, but not enough for me to be like, uh, yeah, I'll finish this. <laughs> you know, it's block of shit. <laughs> but so obviously, I, I, it wasn't meant to be scanners. It was hackers. It was sneakers. Which you somehow and, combined into scanners. Which technically would be called snackers, which <laughs> is what we all wish we're doing right now. We're yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Steph especially. Steph was just like, "Do I? I'm going to go out for a smoke." And she's like, "Do I have time for a snack?" And I'm like, "I fucking eat quick." She did. She ate a sandwich. I watched it. It happens. Um, and on top of that, we we threw in Tron and Tron Legacy because I had seen Tron once when I was very young, and I was bored to tears when I saw it. Which, when you're young, it's it's it is a harder watch. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, it, totally it turns out it, it didn't matter how old I was. <laughs> I fucking <laughs> not his, not his kind of movie. Um. Well, and we'll get to that. Uh, oh, tell them the fourth movie because there's a fourth movie you didn't you didn't say. I don't think you said it. I said it, but Tron Legacy. Legacy. But... Okay, yeah. Um, we'll get to those because I definitely want to talk about them. But but the one I'm most intrigued about is is Hackers. Like, what what did you think of Hackers? Well, let me let me start by saying that as I was as Steph and I were watching it, I was like, I totally get why CJ likes this movie. <laughs> Because it's like 80s fucking punk and 90s, 90s kind of. Well, it's 80s, 90s. Like it's really, it's it's a multitude of of definitely not 2000s. No, um, no. It's and I'm like, okay, it's all computer shit. It's all like fuck the system shit. Angelina Jolie is in it. I get it. I fucking understand why he fucking digs this movie. Um, it wasn't not entertaining. I, it was definitely entertaining, but it's not one I'm going to be like, I'm bored. Let me, fu- let me watch a movie. I know I'll watch fucking hackers. Like <laughs> I'll tell you this much. <laughs> like, like the one that threw me a curveball out of all these four films was sneakers because sneakers was like one that I wouldn't expect you to recommend it would be something that i would recommend to you and it's not not an insult to you but you understand why i'm saying what i'm saying right Uh, no but that's okay Uh, i mean yes i do to a lesser extent but i i I think it's a little bit of a (laughs) the movies that you've recommended to us are more on a cerebral level whereas sneakers is more on the action side than it is on like challenging the it's system more, or your thoughts or, their culture or whatever. I guess, yeah. I, I listen of of the four. That's the one I actually expected you to like the most. So I'm not stunned that that's your answer. You know, and I could I could tell you my 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 the order of how I like them. So uh, the sneakers. I, I, wait, can, oh, I was gonna guess because I think I can pretty much guess it. Go for it. 
Uh, I'm I'm gonna go sneakers, hackers, Tron Legacy, Tron in that order from you're, best to you're worst. You're almost right. You're almost right. Sneakers, Tron Legacy, then hackers. Then really? Okay. Tron. Now see that that actually surprises me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. That that does surprise me a little bit. But when we get to Tron, I'll, I'll, I mean, no, I'm sure you will. Look, by, but... by no means is Tron Legacy a fucking like astounding <laughs> film. <laughs> Fuck you. But it's better than Tron. <clears throat> but I just, I just felt like, like, ha- um, Hackers was the way Hackers goes is sort of counterintuitive because it's real high energy octane shit. It's fucking. Um, Matthew Lillard's performance in film form. It's just all over the place. Oh, yeah. It, yeah. It's crazy. But then there's times where you're like, like I'm watching fucking uh, Sherlock. Fucking Johnny Lee Dietrich. Miller. Johnny Lee Miller. <laughs> yeah. Who, who incidentally was like, he and Angelina Jolie got married after Hackers. Oh, no shit. I don't think yeah, I knew they, that. They, oh, they were a couple. And like, Angie fucking like, when they got married, she like wore a T-shirt or something, and then had Johnny Lee Miller's name written in her blood on the back. Like they went fucking full out. I thought she didn't start that blood stuff to uh, Billy Bob Thornton, but okay. <laughs> no, it's it's fucking Sherlock, motherfucker. Like <laughs> um, no, because she wore a vial of Billy Bob's blood around her neck when they were married or something. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is really fucking funny because. Johnny Lee Miller, like I've said, is on the show Dexter. Yeah. And his character wears a vial of blood <laughs> of his mm-hmm. first Oh, you, you that had to be like a to to Angie. No, like you, yeah, he was just kind of like, it wasn't me, it was Billy Ball, but you know, fuck you. <laughs> um <laughs> my hold on, but I, I had a point. It was um Sorry. He's ha- he's a fucking hacker and he types so goddamn slow. And I'm like, I don't find that. That's the well, that's one of the few unrealistic parts where I'm like, it. He, this is like a world-renowned hacker. He was a prodigy. He was doing this at the yep. age of nine and shit. Uh, and Eleven. He types slower. He, whatever. He yeah. types slower than my dad. Well, <laughs> it it it. I I took that. Yeah, and I know what you're saying, and I can't argue against it. Except that I felt like that it was. He had his system set up so that it was very. Desi- it was designed because of the genius that you mentioned that it only took very specific keystrokes to accomplish what he was going for. So he didn't have to like, you know, just you know, diarrhea of the fingers in code. He could he could hit like strategic keys on his keyboard to accomplish what he was going for. You know. Sure. But but that's now listen. Let let let's talk about the film as a whole for just a minute because I need to say this to. Uh, anyone who might be listening, especially if, like, Mark listens, which, not likely, but in case. Because, and it's not even about his comments about my liking terrible films. It's, I know that this is not how hacking functions. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like the, 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 the on-screen graphics, the way that they oh, jump around. fuck no. No, like, none of that shit. <laughs> Goes the way that it does. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) but I mean, I think what you do there, the reason for you for that kind of thing is that's that's for the visual for the movies. Because if you're sitting there watching some guy just type in line after line of code, 
you know, like it's 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 not gonna it's not gonna draw anybody in. I know you're not a big fan of this film, Rico, but I know a lot of people that are huge fans of this film. So much so that they got a 20th anniversary, like remaster, re-release. You know, so. Um, like, I, I understand the appeal of it, but it's not my demographic. Like I, it, it's the same sense of like people fucking absolutely laud over for uh, like for the love of the game or, or or a good sports baseball movie or remember the Titans. I'm like, like I'm not a fucking sports fan, especially. I mean, as we remember the last time we fucking tried talking sports movies, which will never um, happen again. <laughs> Well, no, it'll happen next week. It's just a very specific one. And it's and it's a little bit different. It's a little bit right. it's yeah. So um I get it. I totally understand why you know, like I I'm not the movie goer where I'm like, well, it's not my fucking thing, so therefore the movie's automatically bad. Right. I look at a movie and I'm like, why didn't I like it? And okay, personal bias I'm really just not a fucking techie guy. Like, I'm not a computer guy in sure. any sense of the word. Um, I try to look at it as story-wise, subjective-wise, and acting and writing and dialogue. I try to I try to right. l- let the art speak for itself as opposed to the subject matter, regardless of my opinions or not. I can acknowledge, like, Feel the Dreams is, like, a baseball movie without being a baseball movie, so to speak. So that's sort of why I like it. Uh, Hackers is is a fucking computer fucking movie, and I have got to say that Johnny Lee Miller did a great job. He's a fucking baby in this movie. <laughs> um, Angelina Jolie, like you clearly saw, like the, it's her first film. It is her, her first, first film. film. Yeah, like it's you can understand why she is Angelina Jolie. Like I totally get it. I really am kind of glad Matthew Lillard fucking learned to calm down a little bit. Um, yeah, no, it, C- serial killer is a um, which they all go by their their handles. Yeah, I love I love the fact that they all go by their um, their their aliases, if you will. The on, the only two characters that have that that you you get their real names on. No, I think you would get all their names at least once, mm-hmm. but. For the most part, they're they're all they're all just known by their their aliases, you know, um, in in the and I, I I dig that aspect of it too, but yeah, Steph, you, you look like you wanted to say something. Well, I was letting you guys converse on especially this particular movie <laughs> before I jumped in. No, please. Um, so, uh, to backtrack a little bit, when I try to give movie reviews, uh, there's like five kind of criteria that I go by as to whether or not I thought the movie was a good movie. So did I identify or care about any of the characters? Did the plot move me in any way? Uh, How much did I think about the movie after seeing it? Am I glad that I've seen it at all? And what's my overall impression? Those are kind of the, those are like the five things that I, that I take into consideration before, especially like when I was working part-time at video room before I would recommend a movie to somebody. Could I could I offer a suggestion for a sixth um, criteria for yours? Because I, I, I like sure. your criteria. I think it's actually pretty pretty sound. I would say, what's the rewatchability? Like, would you would you watch it again? You know, 
Or well, that, is that... well, that's under my, am I glad I've seen it? <laughs> ah, that's part of Okay, no, you've got that folded in there. Okay, that makes sense. But, I mean, yeah, yeah. you can see why that would be a question to go with it, you know, so. But go ahead. So, you know, like, for hackers, uh, I, I felt that their anxiety and excitement in the film, especially when they were starting to get framed for something that they weren't doing, um, this is not particularly a movie about capturing the growth of characters, per se. <laughs> No, it's very much an action film. So, you know, (laughs) I think, Um, well, well, I I, I thought it was, I, well, it is an action film. No, it is. But I think you do get a little bit of growth in both Dade and, and Kate through the film. You know, I think, I think you do. I think you get a little bit of growth from those two characters personally. Can I, can I ask a question? Sure. Who the, who the fuck names their kid Dade? (laughs) What fucking name? What does that mean? What is that short for? Uh, let's find out. Steph, you continue and your while review while he's I... doing that. <laughs> um, one thing that I thought it was really good to see is, uh, even though we're watching basically a group of nerds hanging out with other nerds, it was nice to see that that particular niche also has a range of personalities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Because usually they all get lumped into being the same kind of person. In, oh in no! Movies. Yeah, for or sure. There's one. What's that? Or there's or there's one. There's like one token tech guy. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The computer dude. You know, it was the the fucking the pseudo river phoenix of the fucking group, so to speak. You know, the oh, you young, mean, impressionable nerd? You mean like mm-hmm. in the one from Seekers? Yeah. Um, Dade is an ancient Anglo-Saxon name that is derived from the baptismal name Dade. The old, this old English personal name was originally derived from the old English word Dade, but spelled D-A-E-D when translated means deer or an, or I'm sorry, deed or an exploit. Okay, well, it should fucking be lost in biblical times. It is a stupid name. I actually kind of like the name. <laughs> well. That's it was offsetting. I was just like, "What is it supposed to be short for something?" Because it's not, it's not something that is readily available in Anglo-Saxon <laughs> like uh, names that everyone knows. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> that's I think a that's really what's kind of. <laughs> I think that's what's kind of interesting about it. Um, it seems typically it's a last name. Mm-hmm. So. Just, I don't understand why they, like it wasn't like Greg or some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, especially with how like his mom appears to be. You know, she doesn't seem to be that kind of off the wall would pick a random name kind of person. So it, it we didn't, like we didn't when see they, Dad. So it, well, we did in the beginning. For a second, you see him for like it, uh, yeah, like a second. It, it sounds like when when he was born, like someone fucked up and like wrote on his birth certificate they meant to write David. And they're just like, fuck it. It's already in ink. Whatever. That's funny. Anyways. Uh, but, you know, I, I was hooked into wanting to see how how the plot would unfold. You know, how the underdogs would win over corporate corruption and greed. So I definitely wanted to see it to its completion. Because there are some movies where I'm just like, nope, I have no interest. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it wasn't like that at all. Um. It, I did have a huge issue with how they did the visual representation of code. Right. Well, that I, I, I thought that there was ver- there were other ways that they could have done that. Um, but I understand for the visual medium, 
where people who don't know what code really is wouldn't understand it. And so it would they be had boring. <laughs> and I think it would be boring. I mean, like they did the same thing. And Rico, you can speak to this because I know you've seen the film. But they did the same thing in Swordfish, when when Hugh Jackman's character is putting together his his worm that uh, John Travolta wants him to build. It's it's on a multi screen system, and it's he's literally forming cubes together. You know, so these digital very cubes. true. But but Swordfish also had. Big fucking explosions and like no, I'm just talking about and shit. I'm just talking about the the visual representation of code writing and and you know but that kind of stuff. I, so. I definitely agree with you, but here's my comparison: Hackers doesn't have too much of like it is an action film, but all the action is if within the computer world, so to speak. Whereas, like if you like the Matrix. For example, sure. all their hack shit is that binary code fucking line after line after line. And then if you jump into it, it's like, okay, well, I can fucking, you know, you know dodge bullets and shit. Like, right, they had right. to amp up the action in order to be like, hey, this is about a, a bunch of nerds that can fuck up each other inside a computer. Not unlike fucking Tron, by the way. Which yes, we'll we'll get there. Um, I Steph, I wanted to let you finish your stuff, but then I I have more on the name Dade for Rico. Yeah. Okay. Finish, uh, finish your collection. Yeah, I'll I'll wrap it up real quick. No, uh, no, 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 you're fine. Yeah, take your time. I was breaking up. How much would I? T- how much was I? Would I think about it after seeing the film? I mean. I definitely had a small discussion with Rico like right afterwards, but beyond that, like, no, <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't think I would really ever talk about it again, except for like us doing it now. Like, right, you know, right, <laughs> right. it's definitely not something that's that impressionable to that degree to me. Or I've had some movies where I think about it like long after seeing it. <laughs> if so, I- if I can rip you rip off from you for for a second, I think you could and would recommend it. If you're like, oh, you want to see like a super young Angelina Jolie, then you definitely should see Hackers because, like, she the whole the cast itself is good and a lot of them is kind of relatively unknowns. I mean, especially Angie at the time. Oh yeah, but yeah, I mean, Hackers is definitely Mark Anthony. Like, if I could, not well known at the time. Mark you know? Mark Anthony for sure. Like if I could be as so bold as like like ninety five and ninety six and shit was like the Matthew Lillard oh, fucking yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. Like was... like because he pretty much is almost exactly the fucking same as he is in Scream, which is yeah. ironic because his character's name is Serial Killer. And sorry, spoiler, CJ, he plays a fucking, he plays one of the killers. Like, I'm ruining that for you. Oh, oh, some, I, oh, shut. Yeah. Oh, you, you, you chuff chuff, but like, one of these days, one of these Octobers, I'm going to fucking make you see screen. <laughs> and you're going to be like, well, Matthew Lillard said he basically was playing the role he does in Hackers, so maybe that will intrigue me. My, my guess is it'll be like when my buddy went to watch it and he watched it for Drew Barrymore and she died in the first, like, Two minutes or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're the motherfucker who's like, all right, I'll watch it for fucking for Matthew Lillard. Yeah. <laughs> well, unfortunately, if that's his criteria, you'd have to watch it to the end. <laughs> uh, oh, well, there you go. Um, um, am I glad I've seen it? Uh, yes, I am glad I've seen it. It's actually, it, it's good for context. It's good for a, a 
nerd movie. I mean, you don't get to see a lot of them where the nerds are the protagonists and you're rooting for them in the sense where, you know, they, they're the, they fix a foil, like how you see in sneakers, like they fix a problem, but, but that wasn't really the case. They, they were the protagonists. They were the focus of the whole movie and you don't see that a lot. So that was, that was refreshing. Um, If it's on, I'd leave it on. I wouldn't change it. I mean, it's it's. Oh, Rico would be like, turn this shit the fuck off. <laughs> I don't think I he's mean, to that degree, but he's definitely not like. Well, I'll let you speak for yourself. <laughs> let, let me put it this way: Steph has watched the movies while I'm asleep. There you go. Like that. If, thankfully, we don't have fucking cable, so she would have to put the DVD on. <laughs> so that's how she would be like. Oh, well, I just stumbled upon it. Oh, you stumbled by opening up the fucking DVD case and putting well, the disc I, in the fucking machine. It, it, it could end up on one of the streaming services. You might. It was actually on Netflix up until, like, last month, I think. So. By, by the way, I have to say, I tried fucking, like, because I'm not going to buy Blu-ray. But I fucking was, because I couldn't find it anywhere, and I, I didn't know at the time if I was going to start going back to renting from Video Room. I sure. have been. I got Tron Legacy. To fucking supplement this fucking conversation. Um, but, like, I couldn't fucking find hackers anywhere. And so I was like, okay, I'll buy it on Amazon. And it was, like, $45 for just the movie. And there was, like, one copy left. And I was like, what the fuck for the DVD? There, there was a Blu-ray for, like, 15 bucks, And I'm like, right. I'm not going to start doing that. 15 I bucks, fa- little man. Put that shit in my hand. <laughs> oh, yeah. There was shit. Um... <laughs> No, I'm teasing, but in order for me to get it, I found, like, a Angelina Jolie 3 film collection. Yeah. And it was in that, and it was, like, for three films, it was, like, $10 or 7 bucks. I'm like, what the fuck? And the other two movies, I was like, I fucking have no—I've never heard—I I knew one, Original <laughs> okay. Sin. And okay. I'm like, I know why this is on here, because, like, she's just getting plowed by Antonio Banderas, like, most Antonio of the Antonio Banderas. <laughs> Oh, I am, I am Poos in Boots. <laughs> uh, no, and from thought... what you just said, he's Poos in you. Um, he is in Poos. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> but uh, a little, a little more, a little more background on the name Dade. I found, I found the first name of Dade. Apparently, it is Steph. You asked if it was short for something. The 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 answer to that question is yes. The thing that it's short for is going to make Rico's head explode because it is short for Daydrian. <laughs> okay. Daydrian? Yes. That at least sounds like a name. I mean, Daydrian sounds like what you take to combat syphilis. <laughs> well, Daydrian is just one more d sound from Adrian. Yep. Yeah, but we're used to age. That's like. <laughs> Hold on! I told you. Wait a fucking second. You all know my name is Rico, but yes. it's like we found out there was a root word. There was like an earlier fucking word where it was a C at the fucking beginning of it was Crico. That would fucking sound weird. So, Daydrian. It sounds like someone trying to explain daydreaming and then fucking had a stroke in the middle of it. <laughs> Well, let me, oh man, I was daydreaming all day. 
It was it was a spike in names starting in 1990, actually, and it it hung out for a while, and then it dropped off in 2019. But it's still I've never met a fucking Daydream. Well, I'm sure they're all called Dade, but still, the I've never met a fucking Dade. <laughs> well, it, in 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 the popularity scale, it was. At one point, for the the four thousand four hundred ninth most popular name on the male uh, names list. That's not that. That's I think it's that's not pe- very popular. It's it's peak seems to be thirty nine forty three thousand nine hundred forty. So you know, it, it's it, it was the biblical version of who the fuck is Carlos? Why the <laughs> fuck is Dade? <laughs> Listen, I I I honestly dig the name. I I. I, I, as as you know, I'm a huge fan of the film. Like, I understand some of the flaws. I understand, you know, the, the, like you said, Steph, the, the the way the coding's, you know, uh, represented and all that. But I mean, there's, there's a lot of things I do like. I, I like, um, like you said, the versatility, the, 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 Oh, what's the, not versatility? The the variety of characters. I mean, like mm-hmm. all all because you you can we can all agree. There's really like the core. Let me see one, two, three, five guys, five people. I can't even take guys because Kate's one of them, right? You as acid right. burn, but you've got Kate Dade, serial killer, Lord Nikon, and um, Freak and Joey. And Joey's the only yeah. one that doesn't have a a, a handle. So can, can we talk about Joey for a second? Sure. Yeah, Joe. Listen, well, before before you go there, Rico, because I, I I have to say this about Joey. If they were making Hackers today and doing this the film exactly the same way, you could not have the character of Joey. That couldn't happen. Nope. Because but it's super. Yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I was just saying because having him like double fisting cigarettes and and mainlining coffee is like. I'm not an addict. I, I'm not. I'm not addicted. And he's just fucking like I. I was. Steph and I were laughing so fucking. Oh, hard. I think that's what that's meant to be. I think that's totally well, meant to be. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, at that particular point, there has been so much tension building up that they had to make. They had to give you a laugh. Yeah. You have to break it, sure. otherwise you're going to exhaust your audience. And that was a fun way, especially since he's a noob. And he <laughs> he would go off the rails on anything that he gets started on. So, of course, <laughs> he'd be like, I'm not an addict. And he's going, like, <laughs> he's yeah, yeah, yeah. doing yeah, things. I'm, I'm watching him, and I'm like, I really want a cigarette right now. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, you know, it, it's, it, su- God, it's go. super weird because I was, like, for the past, like, I don't know, month and a half, I've been, like, watching movies that Jesse Bradford just happens to fucking be in. Mm-hmm. It's super weird. Like, I I I watched the movie Swim Fan because Never I'm like, all right, it. I want to. It's 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 basically Fatal Attraction, but oh I, yeah, I'm I'm, fam- I'm familiar with its existence and the concept, but I don't. I've never seen it. Yeah. Okay, so he's he's this main star of that. Michael came over. We were, we got drunk and we're like, let's fucking watch so like a movie from our childhood that was like the shit, and that was Clock Stoppers, and that was just fucking awful, and he's in that. Like that was the clear example of like, wow, that was we, we've lost a little bit of our childhood right there. That was really bad. And we and we were like, maybe it's, it's got to get better, man. No, it's not. It's fucking <laughs> not. He's and in then, W. I, that's my. That's why I was about yeah. to beat me by a second. Like Steph and I were like doing the fucking presidential shit, 
he popped up for like one scene as like a frat douchebag leader in W. Mm-hmm. And then there was one. There was obviously he's in this. But I think that was it. Oh, so I'm like, shit. The fucking Bradford Files. He's in a movie I know you like. I, I, I'm pretty certain you like. I'm pretty certain you've said you like it. I know I love it. I didn't realize he was in that movie, though. He's in My Blue Heaven. He is in My Blue Heaven. It's been a very long time since I've seen My Blue Heaven. But here's the other one. Uh, randomly, I saw a Disney fucking movie called, like, uh, Boy and Yellow Dog or something. It's oh, I a just Disney saw that, film. Yeah. And it's, it's a fucking young Jesse Bradford in a Disney film where, like, he adopts this yellow dog that he names Yellow Dog because Dade wasn't available, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> He's actually that that and um Hackers came out the same year. Yeah, but he he somehow looks fucking younger in in Hackers. I think Hackers is released later, but like he looks younger in Hackers as he does in I don't know. I, he, the movie's called yeah. Far From Home, The Adventures of Yellow Dog, just to give you a, yeah, a full I title. It. It, it, so I, I've been on a fucking Jesse Bradford fucking kid, well, now, now you weird. Now you need to watch Romeo plus Juliet. The, no, the... I don't. No, no, I don't. I, I fucking, I've seen it. I, 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 I've seen enough. Um, but yeah, I, he was he was cool in, in Hackers. I liked it. I liked his performance. Um, the fucking you know, villain. The, well, the th- <laughs> yeah. so wait, wait. So the, the thing about Joey, real quick, that I, I, it sticks out in my brain, is, and I don't know why, but it, anytime I hear, because I've heard people say like, dude, repeatedly, not to the level that Joey does it when he's running down the stairs, but anytime he does that, I hear someone like, dude, dude, I'm like, I immediately mentally go to Joey running down the stairs like, dude, 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 and, and freak like <laughs> hits him and goes, Joey, you say dude one more time, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. You know, like that just, yeah. uh, it, which by the way, you've never, you've seen Con Air, Rico? Yes. Oh, yeah. once on cable, and I was—I think I fell asleep. Do you remember? Oh, Steph I, seems to. Okay, Steph seems to remember. Do you remember the the cross-dressing inmate? That mm-hmm. that's freak. Same guy. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, that's the same guy, and that's where I know him because I saw Conair. I think before I saw Hackers because I didn't see Hackers when. So so to getting back to like. This is not a nostal- this is a nostalgia trip for me because I lived through 1995, but I didn't see it till like. 2003 or something like that. So, mm-hmm. like, I saw it pretty substantially after it came out, but having lived through it, it was like, ooh, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, right. it, still, it still hit well, the thing, you know, but I, yeah. Uh, part, part of your defense for that, though, is especially in the 90s, it took forever for movies to, to turn over for uh, outside consumption after they've oh, sure. been in, on, yeah. in theater. I mean, I, my, I remember waiting years to be able to buy a DVD or a VHS of something that I saw in theater. So can I can I go can I part, go left? Part of your defense on that is like, can I go? It, it's not like today where you, it's just like immediate. Right, right. Can I go like way off topic for just a minute because it, it ties into what you were just talking about, Stephen. I think you guys will find this funny as hell. So sure. I I was a fan of the 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 Real World, the MTV show. Um, which I think still actually airs, but in the in the first like ten seasons or so, it was a lot less like 
I, I don't want to use the word scripted because I don't even know that it's even scripted now, but it, it was more real. It was really like put, you know, six people or you know, seven people in an apartment or a house and, and film that shit and just see what happens. Um, mm-hmm. whereas like in the latter season, they started giving them jobs, like give them them job. They would actually give them a job and then film them at the job. And they got pretty bad. And one, one of the real world homes was the penthouse at the Rio in Vegas. Like fuck off. Like they're all multi-million right. dollar homes. They're all homes I'm never going to afford, but the penthouse at the Rio is a lot different than like a beach house in LA. Just right. in my opinion. Anyway, so um, the LA season, the second season, obviously was the first season of Real World I watched. I did, I didn't see the New York one when it aired, and I was a huge fan. And I liked it so much when it aired that I was like really upset, like not like crying or anything, but like I was like, damn it, I want to, I want to watch this again. And you know, to your point, Steph, it, it just if it went off, it was done, it was gone, it was over, you know. Mm-hmm. So I called MTV. I found their number, their corporate number, and offered to by the season like i was like can can you put it on tape and this is before, now i bet you i could go buy that shit on fucking amazon. amazon but i had this idea in 1993 when the thing came out so fucker i'm the i'm the inventor of like seasons on on dvd and blu-ray and shit like fuck <laughs> where are your royalties yeah right god damn the it. only real world you got of like people a bunch of people being stuck in a fucking house is covid <laughs> Yeah, that too. Anyway, That's the real world right there, motherfucker. <laughs> right, right. So, getting back to the movies, though. Um, yeah, just but uh, the, the yeah, just the way the characters. Um, and ever since Deb showed me the crow, I I almost link this to the crow now for some reason. Probably because the guy who plays Nikon is one of the the gang members that kills um, Brandon Lee. Uh, the the I forget the character's name all of a sudden, but yeah. Eric. Um, Eric, yes, thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm not supposed to help you. That's your, I mean, I like the crow, but you're supposed to know that shit. No, I do. I just blanked on the name. Um, but so I think, I think, and, and also for the same reason Steph brought up it, and, and you, Rico, it's it, the crow's a bit of a 90s nostalgia type of thing, too, mm-hmm. you know. So, you know, while very different from hackers in in content, it's it still has that very '90s feel. So I think you know, cinematography wise, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, I'm curious from like okay. So overall impression of the film, I have oh, I have sorry. a kind of like range, like terrible. I regret seeing it a waste of time. Can't get those two hours back of my life level. <laughs> um. It's okay. It's not the worst thing I've seen, but meh. Uh, you know, I would put it on just for laughs, kind of the movie. It's a great film, but it doesn't have a great plot. So, like, the actors were good and the, the cinematography's good, but terrible story, you know? Uh, or it's like a good story, not so much for like, okay, acting, I guess. You know, it's, it's a good story. I would watch it for the story, kind of thing. Uh, I, yeah, I mean. Uh, I'm not going to Far and away tight. would be that kind of level for me. Or it's a must-see. So on this scale, where would you guys kind of put it? What, Hackers? Yeah. <sighs> see, for me, it's a must-see because I, I love it so much. But, I mean, that's that's a, you know, like, I, I, I understand that this is not like, you know, like, if, if we're putting it up against something like, you know, The Godfather 
you know, the first two Rockies. You know, no, no, but I'm saying like those those movies that everybody should see once in their lifetime. Goodfellas, Untouchable. You know, what I mean, like, right? Uh, you know, I I think it's to a much more niche audience. But if you're if you're if you are like me and you're a tech person and you like that kind of stuff, then yes, it's a must see film. But for someone like you, Rico, who I know is not as much, you know, it's a must see for viewer. right. It, it's a must see for for me to tell Rico because of this, because of Potescu. But as a as a whole, I don't think I'd push it as hard with you if we were just hanging out and being like, "Hey, what movies do you like?" You know what I mean? So, right. I mean, am I glad I saw the movie? Yes. So now you can shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. In, in all seriousness, because you know we are friends. Yeah. So like, we try to recommend movies to each other. <laughs> Keyword try. <laughs> um, well, I say I I'm, think. I'm, go ahead. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go ahead. I'm I'm glad I saw it. Um, and I think if you had pitched the movie like, oh, it's like computer hackers, and I've been like, shut the fuck up. I don't care. I don't want I, you lost me. Right. Because that. That to me is just like if you had pitched the Matrix to me, like, oh, it's about this hacker, and like, and I'm like, all right, there better be some more shit coming because <laughs> I don't need to just like hackers. The movie for me, part of the most interesting part, unfortunately, was the beginning where he's in court and he's 11 years old. I'm like, oh, this is a great fucking opening. Well, can I can I complain about that opening for a minute? Not the court part. The court part, you're you're on. I'm with you. But when when the FBI breaks into the house or whoever it was, Secret Service, whoever, first off, they're not wearing any identifiable uh, stuff that says that who they are. Number two, with all respect to Mrs. Murphy, because as you see by the end of the film, she's a pretty badass woman. But oh yeah, well she's a, she's definitely a mama bear. Yeah, we, we know why he chose to stay with mom. Absolutely. <laughs> But she's standing in that living room in front of a gigantic fucking picture window doing whatever she's doing as, like, this swarm of cops or whatever they are are coming up onto her property, and she doesn't see shit until they bust the door open. Yeah. I mean... Like, I mean, I know I give you guys crap for suspension of disbelief all the time, but come on. That was a little, like... And and their dog is freaking the fuck out. They're German shepherds, so this loud ass big dog. And you've got German shepherds, Rico. You know what they sound like. Yes, but I will also add that my dad encourages the shepherd to bark. So, so you just learn to ignore it, right? So Sophia, the dog, is always barking, and she's either because we live next to a dog park. She's either barking at a homeless guy pissing outside our window. Or she's barking at people with having other dogs, or she's barking at somebody walking by, or she's barking at Ron that she loves him and boo boo and then fucking or or yeah. or a tenant pissing out the window. You know that's another thing to bark at. You know, but that's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, I, for her defense, I would say we have windows open and we do stuff. I don't look out. No, I. It's but like, I'm saying it doesn't even exist. Like I could be doing anything, and there could be commotion happening outside the front of a house, and I wouldn't look like, like someone pissing out the window. I get into the zone, <laughs> and and Rico can attest to it. I do not hear or listen. I I'm 
I'm in my mind's eye, and I'm fucking gone. <laughs> All right, fair like, enough. We, this literally happened today. I, I she let she complained about the coffee that she made. She says too strong, so she le- left her coffee cup out here in the in the office. She's on the bed in the bedroom in a completely other room, and I say, "Honey, are you going to drink this coffee, or did you give up on it because it's too strong?" No answer. I'm thinking she's got her headphones on. I go out there. No fucking headphones. I said, Steph, are you? Are, what are you doing with your, with your coffee? Like, are you leaving it for me because it's too strong? And she just said, Why? Like, like. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I'm. T- I didn't hear the question the second time he asked it either. <laughs> and I'm like, and I literally walked to her. I'm like, Oh, she doesn't have her headphones. I'm like, Steph, and she's like, Why? Why are you yelling at me? I'm like, I. How the fuck can you ignore me? Of all people. Right. I mean, come on. Um, Rico, you said you wanted to say something about Plague, so I wanted to let you get that. Um, definitely, like, one of the more interesting villains, but at the same time, you're like, he, I, I don't know what he was trying to fucking do in this. I'm not talking about the character. I'm talking about the fucking actor. Oh, uh, Fisher he, Stevens. Yeah. yeah. Like, he's not a bad actor, but, like, he was really inconsistent with how he played it like he was it, it, it was when he was trying to act tough it didn't come off as very tough unfortunately and when he was just being normal it came off super creepy so i i'm just watching him just like first off why is your name fisher Let's, uh, you know, I, I, am I just gonna be that? F- this is the movie where I'm just like, I'm gonna judge everyone's fucking first. Yeah, you're just, you're just, you're, you're being Ralph <laughs> you today. Totally are. I'm, I'm being Ralph. I'm being the fucking total like, this is not real names. Like, yeah, totally. I, look, I don't care. I don't really care about that too much. But I'm, um, I'm, well, let me. I, 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 I have like something to say. I, I fucking like Good. it, but I'm not gonna fucking. It, it, the only other time I would ever rewatch it is if we're like, if we ever did like an Angelina Jolie deep dive, and I'm like, right. well, we should. Should rewatch Hackers because that's at the very fucking beginning. It's the beginning, yeah. I um, I'll say one thing on Fisher Stevens. So like, you'll you, I think you'll find this kind of entertaining. Um, the only other thing I'd ever seen him in prior to watching Hackers was Short Circuit. So when he didn't have an Indian accent anymore, I was like, wait a minute, what the fuck? And it turns out. He's not Indian, like because the argument can be made. Okay, oh, well shit. he just uh, the argument. No, but the argument can be made. He just does a good American accent or whatever. Because how many Brits pull that off? And and you know whatever and Aussies and whoever else, right? So the argument can be made. He just does a good English accent or American accent. And then you find out that he's from like Texas or or somewhere in the Midwest. Like he's he's an American from right. Jump, which means he did a highly intense racist. Indian job for two movies. I mean, just just because this is now the topic of the conversation, I I'm kind of split on how I feel about someone who is a different nationality and a different race, or so to speak, playing somebody because an actor is an actor; they should be able to play sure. anybody. But at the same time, it's like there's that line of what is too offensive. You know, like I've seen. I've seen like communities well, yeah. get bent out of shape when uh, someone who like a character in a show or a movie is transgendered mm. and it's like male to female. 
I've seen groups get really bent out of shape. Like, there are plenty of trans actors. You should give a trans actor to play a trans character. I'm like, okay, but yes. But in this context, where the character is pre-op in flashbacks and then post-op in, in, the, in the current setting, it makes sense to have an actor who could play both roles, you know, male and then eventual female. I get why they're going it. Yes, I'm of the opinion that certain roles can be played perfectly by the someone who is an expert on it, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, like, it's the same thing with fucking, um, like, The Simpsons. Like, well, the it's, whole it's, controversy it's, with fucking Apu. Well, it's like, funny you brought that up because they just, I, I was watching one of the newer episodes and Carl, the, yeah. the, the African-American guy, his voice yeah. is completely different now. It's, I think what they're going to do is that most African-American characters are going to be played by, um, oh, I fucking, the guy who is the cop in Clerks 2, who, and, oh. oh, excuse me for this, uh, he, he is a very, oh, no, the cop, the cop, yeah, yeah, I don't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. He's a prominent voice actor, and, and he played the Joker in, like, the spinoff The Batman and shit, the monkey right, right, fucking right. version of the Joker. Right. Um. He because he's been on The Simpsons pretty prominently recently. Like they're just he's it's not that he's just like a new cast member. It's like he's He just he's hasn't been doing newer, that role. He's a, yeah. But he's gonna be taking over for like uh Dr. Hibbert, just as an example. Oh, is he? Okay. Because I know yeah, I know because, I also know with like Cleveland on Family Guy they're they're changing the actor there too. And, so and that therein lies the, the question is is it acceptable? for an actor to play another role because it is all just pretend like well, there, there is, there's really never like some people are just going to have different opinions of how they well, feel. I think, I think first of all, we have to take into a time to in account, account the time in which things are done. Sure. sure. Because we're far that. more open-minded and outreaching for a myriad of actors, regardless of, Race, identity, gender, sexual orientation, size, beauty level, what have you. We're more accepting now than the industry was in the past. Sure. And so availability of actors in other ethnicities probably wasn't really that high. There wasn't a lot in the pool of actors for them to dip into or that they would want to risk and invest in at the time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I think on the level of is it racist, it would be more racist if the actor was being English and appropriating or American and and appropriating an Indian ethnicity than pretending to be that ethnicity. Um, if you do, you know yeah. what I mean. It's like yes, yes. it's like, for example, in Harry Potter, Professor Quirrell is appropriating wearing a turban, but he's not that religion. He's not that ethnicity. He, he's it's, not, it's, there is no way, shape, or form as to why he should be wearing that. Except that it's camouflage to exactly. Yeah, right. That's appropriation. That's racist. Fair enough. Hashtag um, Quirrell is racist. I uh, yeah. <laughs> I I I want to shock. <laughs> Well, I mean, I think the most racist thing about him is that he's got Voldemort on the back of his fucking head. Like that, you know. 
the irony is that he's being racist, but he's also got the ultimate racist on the back of his head and therefore that, that, becoming that's more why racist. I said, that's why I said big shock. Um, <laughs> I just thought you meant it because of who wrote it. Um, but that's, no, she's not a racist. She's transphobic. There's which, a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, I, I, if you're one, I'm gonna imagine you probably swing the other into that that field a little bit too. I, I don't know. Anyway. That. I, I don't. Know. I don't know. No, I, I don't have any proof. I'm, so well. I wouldn't say that so much. It's not that. It's not a one swing a, hits all. She's definitely a bigot. Um, but yeah. I, 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 just to just so you can you can have your your Ralph moment. Um, Fisher Stevens. His name is actually Stephen Fisher, and I think he just did a flip. <laughs> For um, he he just did like it's like a stage name type of thing. So okay, well that's fine. I mean I I definitely acknowledge that he's got a unique fucking name. So um, but no, no one named their child Fisher. They they named him Stephen, and he went, oh, I think I should flip my two names. So there you go. There was probably another actor named Stephen Fisher. He's probably like, probably yeah. I don't I didn't dig that deep into it, but it it I did find that out. So anyway. Um, just to wrap to wrap it all up, I, I, I'm glad you enjoyed the movie. I'm glad you finally watched it. I, I'm I'm I will find something else to give you shit about eventually for not watching. So um, you know, it's fine. Um But we, we do have several on, more well, Good. Uh, on on my scale, because I never said my overall. Oh, I'm person. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's a good story. The acting clearly is somewhat overacting for certain characters. But I think it, it leads into the charm of who they are. It's just, I, I think it's a good story. <laughs> okay. No, it, it is. I, I, I enjoy all it's aspects good, of it. And I can look past yeah, it's, the... It's the, a good under, underdog story, you know? Yeah, and I can look past all the terrible coding stuff just to enjoy the, the interaction between the characters. I think that's what I enjoy the most about the film is the interaction between the characters and how they, they work together and... and fight together in some capacity because it starts with with Kate and Dade not liking each other at all and then you know it flips around to the other side so and that's your typical high school love story type of thing so like it's it's very I, tropey that way but still I, you know. I did say like as we were wa- as Steph and I were watching and I'm just like when he like hacks into the fucking TV programming thing and then like yeah. she hacks him back and yeah. kicks his ass out I was just like, I, I didn't say it out loud, but I'm like, 100%, that's Angelina Jolie, and there's going to be a big fucking reveal. And, <laughs> and But, like, that's my point, is I kind of knew where it was going. Like it w- I don't know if it's anything, any fault of the film itself, but I, I think it's just because I've seen a gazillion fucking movies. Yeah, well, so I think I it's of... that, and, and you and I have talked tangentially enough about this film that you could have kind of put it together. You know, like if, if no, you want... really, because I, because you really didn't explain anything about the film. You're just like, Oh, you've never seen hackers. Watch fucking hackers. That was, no, the it's, it's of kind of, it, it, it's kind of a movie trope that the, those who hate each other the most and usually end up together. Yeah. I mean, also, it, it happens a lot. Like oh, African queen. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's also the one you least suspect. It's like, okay, who's this stoic, you know, hottie, so to speak, who's kind of like, she's fucking with him and blah, blah, blah. And you know they're going to fuck at some point in this movie. And, and you're like, oh, she's acid burn? What? Yeah, yeah motherfucker, I've got eyes. I can figure this out. She's hanging out with other nerds? Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So let's move into the next one on in the list on Rico's order because I think that's the smartest way to go anyway. Um, the only thing we'll have to do is flip the last two because of the being sequels to one another. But let's talk about sneakers. I liked it. I uh, and, and I I try to say this with as much respect as I possibly can to you. I like I said earlier, I was surprised. It's not that you don't have good movie taste. It's that this is definitely one of the more mature movies you fucking ever re- recommended. It just doesn't scream like it's your type of movie. So I don't I so I don't like mature films is what you're saying. That's that's what I'm not going to look. I That's kind of where I'm, you're going. I'm, yeah, it's a little bit. Where are you going? No, you're the motherfucker who recommends Hackers, motherfucker. I also like, recommended American President and A Few Good Men. That's another one that throws me off. But then you throw me these curveballs. I'm like, oh, you should watch The West Wing, and you've never done it. Because that's a that's a huge time commitment. That's honestly why I'm not watching it. It's because it, like if it was if if it was the West if the West Wing was a movie, like a like a two hour movie, two and a half hour movie, I'll even go three hours. Give me a three hour movie. I'd probably watch it. The West Wing is a movie. It's called The American President, and you like it. Yes, but it's also, what, 10 seasons of, you know, 20 episodes? Eight. 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 Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, Eight. but here's another, here's another thing. Like, you love crimes, like, crime procedure shit. You like a good mystery. I've been trying to get you to watch Dexter for fucking three years because I know you'll like it. I don't think I have access to Dexter. That's that's the problem. I don't think I have. Well, it was on Netflix for fucking ever. Now it's on Amazon. Okay. Anyway, guys. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jesus. I I like sneakers. I the my own here's here's for those who haven't seen sneakers. I am gonna have to kind of mildly spoil, like sort of the pseudo the big reveal. Right. The big reveal is like the movie starts with Robert Redford's character. And his best buddy, uh, and they're young, and they're hacking into a fucking uh, a system to basically Robin Hood that shit. They're going to steal from the rich and give to the poor, essentially. Yeah. To mm-hmm. and they're going to donate money for liberal causes. Um, and we're throughout the film, we're led to believe because he, the the fucking FBI, captures his friend, but Robert Redford gets away because he was the one who was designated to go out and get pizza for the for the two of them. And the truck so, wouldn't start. Or the, 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 truck. The, the bus, actually. It's technically a Volkswagen bus. Right. So he get he gets away with it. He changes his fucking name. And he's still doing the... He, it's, he's basically doing um, a skate plan, but for, for other companies, which is like, I'm going to steal from this bank and then tell the bank owners and, whole, and shareholders how I did it and what you needed to do to fucking prevent that. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the... Uh, towards middle of the film, we find out that his friend who got captured is not only not in jail, but they also said he died in jail. So he's none of those things. And he's played by Ben Kingsley. Now, I love Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley is a fucking amazing actor. Uh, One of my all-time favorite roles and films that he did is House of Sin and Fog. He is stupendous in that fucking movie. However, he, he really fucking did not get the American accent you want to talk about like changing accents that we were doing like ten minutes ago, right? Like there were very like it wasn't just like one or two parts. It was like throughout his whole every dialogue, every every sentence he said, sounded like someone who was just first attempting an American accent but is British. And I was like, 
you know, they could have fixed this whole fucking thing and they just made the character British and had the young actor do a British accent. Because him trying to do an American accent was so distracting that it did kind of take me out of the fucking movie. It didn't phase me at all. I didn't even fucking notice. Yeah, neither did I. Yeah, but, yeah. Yeah, but I'm a fucking I was just stickler. Like, what? I'm a total stickler for, like, voices and actors and shit. And it was, like, I'm glad he was there, but I was also... I was very surprised that he was in it. I did not expect it in Kingsley. I guess I, I thought I look- told you he was in it. No, you see the thing about both hackers and sneakers is you didn't say jack shit about either of them. You just said go see this. No, I distinctly I remember no, no, going no, no. through is, the no, cast no, 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 list no, no, with you once. I fucking started watching Scanners. Because you didn't give me any explanation about it. You were just like, you got to watch Hackers, you got to watch things. No, I, I think it's even on recording. I went through the cast list with you one time. At least the cat, like who is in it. Hey. Not who played what, but the, the actors that were in it. Because that was my I'm selling point. I'm pretty sure you did not say Ben Kingsley. Well, may, maybe I left off. No, but I know how much you like Ben Kingsley, ben Kingsley so I won't know how I would have. But okay. No, I'll tell you the prominent, if I remember correctly, the prominent actor you told me who was in it was Dan Aykroyd. That's who you told me. I remember telling you Sidney Poitier for sure. I remember mentioning him. I, I have got to say, I think this is the only movie I can think of where Sidney Poitier and fucking uh, James Earl Jones are in a fucking movie together. And that's another cast member. I'm like, because when he's on the phone with yeah. James Earl Jones, yeah. it doesn't sound like James Earl Jones, really. Uh, a little bit. A little it's bit. It's distorted for sure because it's through phone. It's, right. And a speakerphone for that, so yeah. And then he, and then fucking Vader shows up on screen, and you're like, oh, shit, this is going to get good. Which is what I think the plan was when they were, like, shooting the film. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you, if you look at the cast, there's, I mean, outside of the main it's players, there's some heavy no, it, hit. It, it, it's an excellent cast. Yeah. It's a really excellent cast. I, I definitely give it all the credit. Like I mean, even even to like secondary characters with with Eddie Jones as Buddy Wallace and Timothy Busfield, you know, who I I enjoy. I mean, he's usually a jerk off in the films I see him in, but that's what I'm used to, so that's fine. You know what I mean? Like, cause it, it's like those other actors we've talked about. He's just good at doing that that role. So you know, I was also I didn't realize it, but I've seen so little of River Phoenix's films. Oh, me too. I, what, yeah, what, like. I've seen Indiana Jones, The Last Crusade. Yep. And Stand By Me. That's it. I've seen Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade and this. <laughs> and I was so when he came on screen, I'm like, holy fuck, is that River? Is that River Phoenix? Because I'm I kept thinking, I'm like, did this movie come out like in ninety three? Didn't he die in ninety three? Like I, I it was I think it's I think it, sneakers came out like ninety two. So like ninety two last yeah. yeah. This is one of his last fucking movies because he was Dead in '93. No, oh, yeah, I'm looking right now to see what his like. What what? Um, it's it's his one of his last. He was, he's got a yeah, he's he got was, a credit from 2012. I bet you it's like that thing we talked when we talked about Brandon Lee, where they filmed it like way before and then released it. But it's exactly that. It's exactly. Um, that. but his his last four films are uh, Sneakers, as we just talked about, where he plays Carl. Um. Silent Tongue. <laughs> which, which made me fucking oh, I'm, laugh so I'm sure it did. I'm sure it did. Yeah. Uh, Silent Tongue, The Thing Called Love, and then this one that I was just referring to called Dark Blood. So okay. that's his last well, four he was films. Also, he was also set to be in 
interview with the vampire. He was supposed to play the Christian. Right. No, we, role. we, and we talked about that when we did interview, but that's not on his IMDb since he didn't actually film it. So it's not, right, right, it's right. not there. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I mean, you, you, you have, you have Robert Redford, you have Sidney Poitier, you have River Phoenix, you have, um, Dan Aykroyd, as I mentioned. You have, I mean, what I think, I think, uh, a grossly underappreciated uh, role in this is David Strathern as Whistler. I have mm-hmm. got to agree because I think that's the first that's time I'd ever seen. Idea. Yeah, and I think that's the first time I'd ever seen him in anything. Like that, my first experience seeing him. I've seen him in plenty since, but my first experience. So I actually, and much much like Pacino in Sin of a Woman, I thought he was blind. Like mm-hmm. I didn't think Pacino was blind because I knew better, but I know a lot of people who. <laughs> But I but know a lot of people who have seen Sin of a Woman who who have, you know, relatives or friends that are blind or work with the blind and said that Pacino really, you know, pulled it off in a respectful way. And I feel the same thing about David here. I feel like as Whistler, he, he killed it, you know, so. Well, I'll go even further because Pacino can kind of fake it a little bit more because throughout his performance, he wears both sunglasses as well as doesn't wear sunglasses. Sure. So. But David Strathairn doesn't wear sunglasses. Except he, in he, that one scene. Except one scene. Yeah. And if you watch carefully, you could see his eyes are moving around like he's focusing on shit. Like he mm. kind of he was kind of like, all right, fuck it. I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm blind, blah, blah, blah. Um, but for the most most of the performance, he is he he fucking knocks on the park. He does yeah. an amazing job. Um one, I, I've always one... liked one particular feature that blind people, especially those who were like born blind, do is that they look up a lot. Mm. And I I kind of like unconsciously look for that when I'm seeing somebody who's acting as a blind person because they have nothing to focus on. Right. And so if to them they have to consciously to consciously tell their eyes to look down. To, to be a little bit more quote unquote normal, sure, right, like other right, people, and look less offsetting. <laughs> well, and and and, that, and that's the thing about Whistler, like with with um, Colonel Slade, you know that he had an accident, so at one point, you know, he could see, and then he he lost that. With Whistler, we don't ever know how we don't ever find out how he went blind. Did he ever half sight? Was he born blind? They don't really, and it's yeah, not the kind of movie where, you're, and and it's not the kind of movie where you're going to get that that information it's just not that type of movie but you know so to your point steph if he wasn't doing that as much as he should have it could be because he was you know no no uh what i was gonna say is oh, there sorry. are times in which he does do that oh yeah no there's definitely yeah 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 i I, there, so there... I i found it i found it extra poignant that you know acting as a blind person he actually was acting like a blind person well, and I and I thought that was really well also expressed when when they're having the the meal after the 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 big sneak, um, or the I guess the first big sneak because technically there's really two big sneaks in the film, but um, well, there's there's three heists that happen. There's but there's the opening one to explain that their business. Right, but I'm talking about the two that kind of like are the the plot of the story those two sneaks kind of link together so i mean yes you're right but that's it's those two i'm more focused on um but they're having the meal to celebrate the sneak and like he puts his plate down and in like it almost and when he's saying peace towards uh goodwill for men and and then he also says children and he's like 
patting her on the leg and like the food almost falls off his lap. Like that was a moment and- that, um, and then there was another one. Oh Christ, I just blanked on it. Shit. Anyway, but he 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 plays that role really well. Um, I to your point, Rico, about River Phoenix. I'm not as, as versed in his library in his you know filmography either, but like he played that awkward young kid really well. I I love that his main motivation at the end is he just wants to get some ass. Like he's just <laughs> like we can give you anything. He's just like I want her number, and that was so cool. He's just like. She's like Mary, whatever the fuck her name is, Mary. Mary she's yeah. Like, yeah. You can get. She's like anything. out of the whole world. You you just want to know me. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like he doesn't just want ass. He says, "I want to have a deep, uh, re- connected relationship with a woman." I, there's something to that effect. I'm I'm butchering yeah. the. But that's I know, what he but wants. like he see. Here's the problem. He doesn't know anything about her. He just knows that she's pretty and she has a gun. So yeah. it could very well end badly it for could. him. It could. No, he he definitely, and that's why Bishop pulls him aside and he's like, uh, "Carl, you know, the the brass <laughs> ring is right here, buddy. Like you might want to aim a little higher or whatever. You know, I mean, like I, like, I no man, I need her number. Not even like I need ten minutes alone with her. It's just I just want her number. Like he's going the whole gentleman route, which yeah. I give him credit and and um um, but. Good God, like, at least Dan Aykroyd can drive a fucking Winnebago. Like, all this guy just wants is a number. <laughs> I did. He's just... I did like well, when he hey, entered. Winnebago is actually a really great brand for RVs. I, I actually looked into it for a while as an, as a potential alternate living. And, yeah, it's actually a really good brand. No, they are a good so brand. It's um, like a Cadillac, okay? It's the Cadillac, <laughs> like, of, it's the Cadillac of uh, RVs. RV. No, but I, I did I did like when, when uh, Carl steps in and when they're going over uh, Crease's request, Sidney Poitier's character, when they're talking mm-hmm. about, like, you will send me to Lisbon, Scotland, you know, so forth and so on. And right, Tahiti, yeah. and and James Earl Jones is Tahiti is not in Europe, and Carl just pops up and goes, uh, "What he says, he says, when you get the box, you can give us geography lessons. Until then, this man goes to Tahiti. Like I thought that was <laughs> fucking brilliant. I love that. Yeah, when, high school snarky. <laughs> yeah, when Steph and I were watching it, he forgot to say Tahiti. I'm like, fucking, don't forget Tahiti. And then someone's like, yeah. oh, you know, fucking Tahiti. Tahiti. And I'm like, yeah. there yeah, you go. Yeah. Um, but that's a running joke because when he's talking, when he's with his wife and they're talking about it, he forgets Tahiti because she brings up Tahiti as well. So it's like a running I also, joke. I, well, I have to acknowledge it was absolutely kind of fucking surprising and weird to hear Sidney Poitier say motherfucker. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it was so out of left field. Like, he, uh, yeah, it yeah. Is, it is sort of weird to fucking like. Oh, you're Sidney Poitier. You've been acting. You said motherfucker. Like it's like you're... it's like if you like for me with my grandparents, super Christian, super Catholic. The first time I heard them curse, I laughed my ass off. <laughs> I was just like, "What the fuck is that?" Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like what? DJ, do you remember when you and I did the deep dive and we included Wanted and we heard and you were like, it's super weird to hear Morgan Freeman say yes, motherfucker. Yes, yes. It's exactly the oh, same. Oh, sure. Because sure. we associate motherfucker with like me or like Samuel Jackson. So to hear someone, to hear Sidney Poitier yeah, fucking go, yeah. it's, motherfucker. It's just, it's just yeah. bizarre. 
I I did um, love the interaction. I do love the interaction between Crease uh, and Mother about the conspiracy theories that runs <laughs> through the whole film. Um, I, I I honestly think that because Dan Aykroyd is kind of that guy in real oh, life. Oh yeah, like, no, no, yeah, yeah. He's all about like ghosts and aliens and shit. I honestly think like they just they didn't have any dialogue or yeah. dialogue for Dan. He just he just said. All right, we need we need fucking Dan Aykroyd to fucking go off and talk some some shit. Mm. And Dad's like, "Oh, I got you right there. I could totally do that." If if I recall from the things that I've seen before, there was the dialogue, but Dan fact checked it for them. Like, and I don't mean like went off and and re like, but like he'd be like, "Nope, that didn't actually. This is actually like proven. This is a conspiracy." Like he did that kind of thing, and so you know, right. pick picked it picked apart and used the ones that. You know, and then I guess they went back and like reshaped the script to make it flow. But yeah, he, you know, he he definitely contributed. So there was written things, but right. you know, I, I I do know that he contributed to getting it correct for like, or I say correct because they're all conspiracy theories. But I mean, like, that th- they were actual conspiracy theories instead of them just making crap up for the for the film. You know, so right. um, but I did love that interaction between the two of them. It's just it's just funny to me did you catch a young donald logue did you notice that yeah yeah like way young as he came on screen i started i was like fuck no way and i i I will tell you right now you did that (laughs) i have seen sneakers quite a few times like this is not this is one of those movies that i i've seen several times and i did not realize it was donald logue until this viewing now, the reason for that, though, is that I'm not very versed in Donald Logue outside of Blade and Gotham. Mm. And even then, it wasn't until Gotham that he really kind of was on my radar. So I, I think it's the facial hair. He has a beard in both of them. He d- so right. I think, I think clean-shaven Donald Logue, he looks 12. No, as do I, which is why I always at least have a goatee. Um, so Steph, you look like you've been trying to say something. For oh, yeah, I'm sorry, while. please. No, no, I don't, I'm not blaming you. I think it's just there's interference. Well, in I that. wanted, to, no, no, I just wanted you guys to finish your thought because what I want to talk about is it is going to derail it. So that's why I was just derail, like, away. <laughs> derail away, Steph, derail away. Go ahead. So I, I am terrible with names. What is Robert Redford's character? Uh, well, ori- originally it's Martin Bryce. He changes it to Martin Bishop, and he goes by Bishop through the whole film. Right, right. Or, okay. Or, so, or Bish. Or Bish. They call him yeah. Bish. Yeah. Yeah. So, Son of a bish. We're, from, from start of the film to end of the film, we're following Martin. Mm-hmm. Correct. Right. We're seeing all different versions of Martin. Martin when he's young and idealistic. Martin when he's the leader of a group. Martin when he's the ex of a failed relationship. We're, we're, we're following Martin, Martin's story. Which, by the way, just two seconds. I like her as an actor. I think she was the wrong choice for that role, personally. That's just I kind of her. agree. Yeah. Anyway, I can agree with that, too. Go ahead, Steph. Um, Martin, Martin, so, Martin. <laughs> oddly enough, I cared more about all of his supporting actors than I did about Robert Redford's character, Martin. <laughs> well, I movie. I was just like, God, this guy. He's like boring. <laughs> like, I, I think there's something we're not getting. That we're not getting any depth from him. 
And let me let me let me be like, okay, if we're talking about him being a thief, Robert Redford being a thief character, he is significantly better in the Sting than he is in Sneakers. I have to agree. If we're talking about him being espionage and undercover and looking at things. He's far better in Spy Game than he is in Sneakers. Like I, I was, I was really bored with his performance. I just thought that Robert Redford's performance was really flat, especially against everyone else. Well, yeah, and I can see that. I think I think the character of Bishop. You're right, Steph. He he's the focal part, focal point of the film. But I feel like it is meant to be about him bringing this group of people together and. And, and how his decisions have affected their lives. Do you know what I mean? So while he is the focal point, I, I always felt like those characters were more important too. And maybe to your point of, of the maybe just a flat performance, I don't know. But I, I... He doesn't act like a tormented soul kind of man who feels the guilt of putting his friend in, in prison who ultimately dies, and he's carrying the weight of that. I, he's very cavalier about it. He doesn't have anything, like, any remorse shown. No, really. I I disagree. If you remember when they're getting the food after the sneak, the first sneak, and they're, they're having the party, and they're talking about, they're finally getting him to open up about what happened and how he had to change his name and all that kind of stuff. There, there, there's at least to me, there's a a part where it's very much like I I left my friend to die. You know what I, I mean? And well, that's can... the scene, but that's not the performance. <laughs> okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. I have to, I have to agree and with both of you. I do agree with Steph that Redford kind of, up, you know, he he delivers. He's not as exciting as the other cast. The the supporting no, cast. I can agree with that. Definitely overshadows him. I will go with CJ's opinion that there, it's not it's not thick, you know, with guilt, but there is some layers of bittersweetness of kind of like like you get that he's done his his tormenting already and he's ready to move the fuck on, you know he he's not he's not going to just dwell on all this guilt. I don't know if I I, I don't believe the character is that much of a tortured soul. I think he's more tortured about how he doesn't have his girlfriend anymore. See, he's very focused on that. I was, I was expecting Martin as a character to be very cautious with how he uses his partners and the, the young kid, what's his name? Carl. In this? Carl. Carl. Who the fuck Carl. is Carl? Carl is very out there and exposed, and I, I don't get really much impression from Martin that he's he's making sure that Carl's going to be okay. I because I think that would really really affect how he has other characters out in the field because so, of what happened to his friend. So let me let me let me throw a, a theory at you here, Steph. There are people. In leadership, in in corporations, not even in the film, but coming outside the film from it, just just life, right? Who mm-hmm. have a good knowledge base and and can and are not dumb, but what they're really good at doing is bringing together a group of people who can support one another and execute his or her. Because I don't want it doesn't have to be a guy, 
but his or her vision. So that person may not be great at executing itself, but is good at getting the pieces together to execute the vision and still has enough knowledge base to not just be, you know, dumb guys or dumb dumb person sitting at the desk, right? Like that's, and that's who I think Robert Redford is. In this cat, the character Bishop, not not the actor, but I, that's who I think Bishop yeah. is because, and and by that point, that's what Crease's role is, Sidney Portier. That's that's Crease's job to make sure Carl doesn't, you know, while exposed is protected. Like that's that's where I think these people come together. That's that's their roles, and he he is. You know, for lack of a better phrase, is the puppet master, but not really because he's not controlling anybody. He's just there to be like that that centerpiece, that piece to bring it all together. And that's how I view Bish in in the film and and where he, where he plays and where he rolls in in terms of your point of exposing the rest of his team. You know, um, and and to the same point of the remorse when when he finds out that you know the the two people. Um, weren't well. Even when he thought they were NSA, and realizes that now his whole team might be affected. It wasn't about him losing money. It was about what it was going to do to his team. That the NSA was right. now all in their lives, you know. Mm-hmm. And then even more so when you find out it's not the NSA, and now it's just some rogue group. Before he finds out it's Cosmo, you know, mm-hmm. like now my people are really in danger. You know what I mean? And right. like, so, like I. I can understand. I can understand that they needed to do it for the so that there is a story. But my point is, if Martin, I I would have expected Martin to do his due diligence before just jumping in, that he would have done background checks to see if these guys were legit before he would risk his team. Well, and that and I, think, I yeah, I thought that Crease's role was because he's been on the force in the military to any certain degree that his his role was strategy, strategy and defense. But as a CIA, a former CIA operative, you're also going to have teams under you. And, and he was clear, even though they never said a title that he was pretty high up in the CIA, he was maybe never been the director or nothing to that level, but he was a higher level agent. So he most likely had teams under him, you know, I just, I just kind of expected Martin to be a little bit more neurotic on, on ever risking anybody in his team that he would always be the highest risk character I, in the team but that could be one of his character flaws i, I get your point Steph. so believe me my, my arguing against it is not saying that you're wrong as much as just presenting a different perspective you know but here here's the point is that he is not really like a cautious guy when when he if he has an alternative where it's like just barrel through it, he will. Yeah. My point yeah. is, is like he is given instructions on how to break through a code in a door. Yeah. And he says, uh-huh, 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 mm-hmm, uh-huh. Mm-hmm, okay, uh-huh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, I'll try that. And then just says, fuck it, and kicks the door open. No, I, I, see, I, I always interpreted it as they actually give him the instruction to kick the door. To kick the door. Yeah. No, I totally missed. No, 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 no. I was in the impression they were like, you know, like, here's how you do it. You put this code in, and then you fucking cross the wires and blah, blah, blah. It's just like, uh-huh, fuck all that. Kick door. Well, no, see, My- okay. Can I, I'm sorry, go ahead, I Because I have an alternate but, theory to that, but, but yeah. This, this goes with Steph's point, is that he doesn't know if there's an alarm system in. He doesn't know if kicking the door open is going to trigger the alarm. 
if there's no alarm, then what's the fucking point of having a lock code to begin with, especially if you're going to have this super high, like, you know, security thing, the, the fucking black box, essentially. Right. Well, I, it just I, seems I, like, well, why do the, that without having a fucking alarm? I've well, seen, I've seen doors. That, it's just yeah. that the alarms in, in codes inside the, in number of pads, basically for, for opening a door, they don't really have alarms. Yeah. The, I, I, we have them at work. And it's just to prevent you from getting in. It's not. Yeah, it's, it's not, not alarmed. I've 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 dealt with having an alarm in it. I've dealt with several of those too, and they generally don't have alarms. The alarm would be on the outside outside doors, and that's not an outside door. It's an, a door to an office within the building. So yeah, um, but he doesn't know that. But it's less about. It's less about that. It's more about the the fact that he, like when I play Assassin's Creed, you could fucking sneaky sneak. And fucking assassinate the guy from taking down all the guys one at a time, creeping around corners. Or you could say, fuck it, and just, you know, tank your way through it. (laughs) And he was like, they're explaining, like, okay, this is how you sneaky sneak. This is how you do this. This Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Fuck it. Door kick. Okay. So I want to go back to the door kick itself because I I, I have an alternate theory to your your thing here, Rico. And I, I, I get where you're coming from, and I understand that that's certainly a possibility. But, Bear in mind, I liked that. I thought it was funny as I fuck. Know, I, I know you did. Yeah, no, 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 I get that. I, I did. I, I got that from your original statement. But here, and this is what I think actually makes it funnier, though, for what that's worth, right? Is because it's presumably based on the setup getting to that, that Whistler's the one on, on the mic for him in that particular sequence. So Whistler's giving him all these different technical instructions, and then right at the end it goes, or you could just kick the door open. And then he goes... Okay, and then kicks the door open. So th- that's how I've always interpreted it. Like, Whistler's giving them all these detailed different, you know, you can try this, and you punch this code, and you do this, that, and the third, and whatever. Or just kick the door. Because, you know, and, and the reason I come to that, honestly, comes from one of my favorite parts of the film, which is right after that, when the doctor, come, not not Janik, but when, when the woman he's, like, sleeping with comes into the room, and... He's trying to get, he's getting like lines from the van about what to say to her. And at one point, Whistler's like, and give her head, give him head anytime he wants. And he starts to say it and then stops himself because he realizes what he was about to say. And so, mm-hmm. Whistler, same thing. Whistler's giving him all these good lines and then throws in there last second and give him head anytime he wants. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah, when yeah. you tie that back to Whistler giving I instructions think- on the door, that's how I, that's how I come to him saying, kick the door open. I think what leads you guys into thinking that there that he's actually been given a long list of how do you get through a number pad lock is that um, mother opens up a spiral and and it yes. looks like he's going to be looking yes. at instructions. That too, you're right, Seth. That's definitely a contributing factor. And he for also sure. says, "Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm." Like it's like so, okay. Yeah. So it leads us to believe that that they're reading a list of okay, steps. you do this step, step one, yeah. and press mm-hmm. that, and then you do this sequence, and then unlock that. And, right. Which is why I'm thinking Redford was just like, "Fuck no, this is too much shit. We're on a fucking time crunch here. Kick the door open." That's yeah, yeah. my argument. I mean, and that's it's 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 a fair argument. No one's no one's <laughs> saying that that's not a a right perspective. I'm just saying that it could also be this way. So it's you know, yeah, yeah. um, so there's really two yeah, parts. God. Well, no, go ahead and finish your thought. No, I I was moving on to another topic. So if you had a point. Yeah. No, I have another topic too. 
um, if there's only if there's one other thing that I would kind of like poo poo on the movie is the antagonist's motive. Oh, uh, Cosmo's motive. Yeah, I, I get it's a little weak. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's a, little a little weak. weak. Yeah, I I wouldn't say that it's weak. It's just so they start they start the movie with wanting to to be Robin Hood's, wanting to help the world, and he wants to take that to the next level, but. His method of making everyone be on the same playing field by uprooting the entire trade and market system. Clearly, the man didn't get do, didn't do his research on how societies function without that, because it would just well, end up being the big bully wins. I, I, and you see that as, as poignantly so in the uh, Walking Dead series. But see, I I would the equate biggest, the biggest bully wins, and I, he was trying to make it so that those who have power because they have money would be on the same level as everyone else. But that wouldn't that wouldn't make life equal for everyone. I yeah. just have to point out his his whole plan is kind of no matter let's say fucking Cosmo like achieved his goal right. He would die within a fucking week because he works for the organized crime. He works for essentially for the mafia. They got his ass out of prison. They put him in power, blah, blah, blah. So if his goal is to take money from everybody and make everybody equal, then he's going to piss off his bosses. Yeah. They're going to hunt his ass down and shoot him in the back of the fucking head. And you get that impression that there is someone monitoring him because he was like, when he was first pitching, so Redford, he's like, no, no, we can't talk here. We got to go in a fucking private room because this is bugged. Right. Blah, blah, right, blah. Right. Which if it is that bugged, when Redford is going through the the very slow walk, he's talking on the mic. There would have been someone been like, uh, yeah, there is definitely someone in that room right now. Well, it depends if there's live monitoring. Just because it's bugged doesn't mean it's being lively, live monitored. But sure, I get your point. The, you the know. other option is that he was trying to make uh, Bishop paranoid. Could have been yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, I mean that, that's certainly possible too. But either way, he definitely has some boss mob superiors that if they if he took their money, they you know they would well, fuck steal them. Well, well, he he essentially wanted to fuck the whole monetary system. He wanted to make it so that there wasn't global trade, like there wasn't a stock market. He wanted to make it so that money, as we know it, has no value. Which, right. which I would say to your point, Steph, about how he didn't think it through, right, or 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 whatever, or how he changed from Robin Hood to that, right? I would argue, it's 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 the Thanos theory, right? You think you're doing good without, and you think you're doing so good that you're actually doing evil, right? Like Thanos, no, no, and I'm not trying to get into a whole Marvel thing, but I I I think it is really the one of the greatest examples that's been in recent cinematic history of the 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 antagonist or the enemy really truly believing they're doing the right thing and ultimately going to fuck everything up you know and and well, you that's get that every villain no that's it is every it, good villain it, it is they, but they it, don't view themselves as, the one exception is like the joker the yes. joker doesn't give a fuck no nope. but voldemort Darth Vader yep. and fucking Thanos, they all think they're the hero of their story. And True. they're like, what they're doing is for the greater good. You know, shit like that. Well, well another one would be Loki because he's just yeah. chaos. 
Yeah. But still. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, every, every good villain thinks that they're the hero of their own story, for sure. But, and with Thanos, the, the problem with Thanos is, like, everyone can understand where he's coming from. Because he wants to make, he wants to make it so that a society doesn't have to go through what his did. And that they had to annihilate half of, you know, their, his, his home world died because they wouldn't make a hard decision. Right. Because they weren't, because the, the, the scales were all fucked up. There was no balance. Right. You know, where we're at the precipice right now. So the problem is, is that he had the ability, he has the power to eliminate half of all life. Right. Mm -hmm. But he also has the power to create. No, right. But I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying the the overall point, a not evil solution would be that he would make it so that the universe is plentiful and plentiful enough to support rather than to decrease what is current decrease the, the, the universe so that it fits within the parameters. To, to Rico's point, though, it, it's, it's not, you're right, there's, there's a better way to do it, but it's not pure evil. Joker's pure evil just for the sake of being evil. Thanos thinks he's doing good. It's not the right choice. It's the evil choice in the, in the grand scheme of things, but he's not viewing it that way, and he actually genuinely thinks he's doing good. That's all the point I was trying to get to, you know. But I, but I also, just for the sake of talking about Thanos, Thanos is known as the Mad Titan. Like, he is a bad guy. He That's not how he's... Yes, but he's not portrayed that way as much in the films. I agree with you, though, that... Yes. Very true, but they're, they're... Like, yes, he's like, oh, no, this is the only way, you know, we're, you know, we... This is the only way to save everybody is to cut, you know, a simple snap, a, a simple snap, and, like, cut everybody, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then there's, like, one that one motherfucker being like, Hey Thanos, like I'm not gonna tell you how to do your job, but why don't you just build another universe? <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. And, like, and he's like, "No, fuck you." I, I'm because he know he does know deep down. He's like, like Voldemort does know that if he slaughters the Muggles, he's killing Muggles and and half bloods. He's right. like, "Oh no, right, this is right. good for the fucking wizarding community." He's like, "No, dude, you just like to kill people and yeah, be a yeah, powerful." Yeah. Yeah. Um, Gen- genocide for the sake of good is not good. <laughs> I um I I wanted to to so there's 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 like three more areas I want to touch on. Two of them are kind of related, so I'm gonna try to go in the in the order of least discussion to most, or at least least discussion to most entertaining to me in terms of are we what. Still- are we still talking about sneakers? Yeah, yeah, just in, just just to wrap. But I want to try to wrap sneakers up with these three, unless you guys have something drastic or not drastic, but something you want to bring up. Um, I, I mean, I I have a favorite part, but we can. I have a feeling yeah, you're going to bring it up. Well, I do no, want no, you to bring I, it. I brought up all my points. All uh, and if you have a Enrico, if you have a favorite part, if I don't happen to cover it in here, because I think I might, but if I don't, I do want you to mention it because I would like to hear it. But um, let's talk about Whistler driving the van. That's my favorite part. Okay. So there you go. Okay, good. Because that is fan-fucking-tastic. <laughs> it's fan-fucking-tastic. It's so goddamn good. And, uh, I, I I, mean, I, I love how, yes, Robert Redford is sort of the... So, yeah, but he... he I just love... The loved, worst I... C&I of, of 
driving instructions ever. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Go left. No, my left. Fuck. But I think that's what gives it. I think that's what makes it funny. You know, my and then and then Rigo, you'll probably appreciate this. Like when he, first off, he got the gear shifts right. At least at least gave him that much. At least he got the gear shifts right the first time. But then he's like, okay, you're gonna go down a gradual slope. And it's like, gentle slope. <laughs> yeah, gentle yeah. slope. And it's like, nosedive. Well, yeah, if he told him, it's like, okay, you're going to go, you're going to fucking go downhill and it's going to be very abrupt. Just keep gunning it. I, If I'm fucking Whistler, I'd be like, no. <laughs> no, no, I, I, and I get that. No, but I, I mean, personally, I thought that that was really a douchebaggy thing to do because he really should have given Whistler a chance to brace because. All the jostling that happened to Whistler, he had to have been bruised up, especially by the huge wheel that he was having to turn. His chest and arms had to have been bruised to shit. He wasn't even wearing a fucking seatbelt. Like, it could have been uh, bad when Whistler fucking crashes through the windshield. Su- suspension yeah, of it, disbelief. That was really douchey for him to do. Um, <laughs> but it was funny. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and in that same vein, when... when He's got Bish giving him directions, I thought, you know, earlier in the film when he's like, what did it sound like? And they're walking their way through. You know, I thought it was pretty badass. Um, yeah, that was so, great. David Strainheron is, is is easily one of the best actors of this film. I've always liked his shit. He's yeah. despicable in Dolores Claiborne, which is good because he's a good actor enough where he he's not just playing that same fucking role. Like, he's a real fucking asshole like a, like a Stephen King asshole. Right. In, right. in Dolores Claiborne. Um, um, but I, I, I have to give a shout out to Stephen Jabalowski, the, the guy who plays the fucking, uh, the, the, the guy that the woman goes on a date with and, and, and Oh, I yeah. want to talk about how terrible Warner Brandis is. I, that was my next point. Anyway, that character is God awful. I mean, the guy did yeah. a fine job playing him, but the character is a piece of shit. Like, yeah. He's 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 te- first of all, like like I, I consider myself a pretty intelligent person. I've had an IQ test. We're not going to get into the number, but if you're going to put your IQ number on your fucker li- fucking license plate, fuck off. Like you're a douchebag. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and then but to that same respect, to- God, Seth. Uh, well, it goes to show how little uh, what is it, emotional intelligence you have. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Well, and that's like there's a show, there's a show Scorpion that I think I've told you guys about before that was on. Oh yeah, and Scorpion's great. Okay, so you've seen it, so you know that when when he's working with Paige, he they're working on his emotional quotient, you know, because he's got this yep. great IQ, yep. but he's got no emotional break. Yeah, okay, and I and I to that point, Steph, I agree with you. Um, but I mean, think about like when they go on a date and like she shows up. And she's an attractive, she's an attractive woman, and you know. Oh, she stands with a fish. She doesn't take shit from nobody. No, but but, but Mary McDonald's a very attractive woman, and and like he stands up to meet her, and he's like, "You ready for the dim sum bar?" And she's like, "No, let's get down with you." He's like, "I'll be right back," and goes off and gets fucking dumplings. Like, shut the moron. Like, I mean, and then ends it with, "Should I?" Phone you or nudge you, which is a term I'd heard before, like a, fra- a line I'd heard before. But like, it's very rapey, isn't it? it? It's like, very it's, rapey, yeah. yeah. Um, but then again, I also want to talk about how she's not great. Liz is not. <laughs> no, think about it. We 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 talk about how, you know, um, 
like, why do you, you know, I'm not even going to pick on a particular character, but we talk about things in movies like, why would you do that? Like, I've heard you say that multiple times, right? About different characters mm-hmm. and different breakdowns. And, you know, okay, so she goes to Warner's house because she's got to get his, his key card, you know, to, right. to get into the building. She gets the key card, whatever. She goes to make a phone call, presumably to the group. You that that's mm-hmm. my assumption. They never really says, but that's who you assume she's calling. Leaves her purse with her real ID out for him to be able to get to. Now he obviously wasn't snooping, but when the dog knocks it over, that's how she gets. You know, that's how he his 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 suspicion raises. That's how she gets made. Right, yeah. and she doesn't even get fully get made at that point. It's more of just suspicion, right? He he suspects, but there's no proof that something shady. All, going all on. he knows is that this bitch lied to me about her name. Right. Yeah. So, and, 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 okay, that's fine. But now you as Liz, put yourself in Liz's shoes for a minute right now. You're being forced to go to Playtronics to his office because he thinks you're stealing his tech, which who gives a fuck about a voice recognized dog? Different conversation. But, like, that's what you, that's what you did. And then Cosmo gets involved. You have no idea. She has no idea who Cosmo is, but they're free and clear. They get into his office. They realize nothing's missing. He apologizes. Offers he being Cosmo apologizes and offers to get her a cab home. Just shut the fuck up. But no, oh, I'm never going Always. on a computer date again. And then that triggers the entire thing to go. I mean, shut the fuck it's up. Always that last sentence, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. See, I watched that. And I'm just like, oh, that will totally happen to me because I have to be that wry, dry wit fucking like guy who has the last word. And I'm just like, see, I'll never fucking be, you know, be a computer date ever again. But the difference is, is Ben Kingsley would look at me and be like, oh, I totally understand. You'll be on a computer. Date. <laughs> like, <laughs> no, but, but I mean, for real, like you. For, for, yeah, she didn't. Um, she didn't like undercover herself at all. Really, oh, really? She, no. What she should have done is made herself be a little more. Oh God, I don't, I don't like, I don't like these kinds of terms, but a little more uptight, prissy kind of. She just needed you know, to just not talk. She just needed to be like, uh, you know, and just no, get no, out of the building. But, but, her, but her appearance should have correlated with someone who would computer date. Well, I guess, but that also kind of falls. Time, you know, she she should have been wearing. You know, uh, a button-up shirt with lace on it, and uh, you know, a, a drapey kind of skirt, and and, like a and, loafer, and loafers. Yeah, like a librarian. Yeah. But she see, that also a, that also falls a, on on Bishop appearance. That also falls on Bishop and his group because if they're sending her into that environment, into that into that role, they should have prepped her better. With all the experience they have, they should have prepped her better for that. So that's that falls on I them agree. a little bit too. So. Yeah. But so that was he, definitely a plot hole. But here's here's also the problem is that fucking what's his name Werner is that his name? The, the oh the the guy she's dating. Yeah. Yeah, Warner Brandis. Werner has a fucking he has grounds to say to fucking Cosmo like, look, I know she lied about her fucking name. Like, I this is not just me being paranoid. Well, that right. and he did correlate with him having to say the word passport. Yeah, so he put that together, obviously, yeah. So. And, and so Cosmo should have just been like, okay. Like, Cosmo is 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 that super smart, dumb character, where he's just super smart and focuses on the one fucking thing. But you're telling me, oh, internet dating website? 
that's how you think of fucking Martin? Shouldn't you be on high alert about Martin anyways? Well, no, because he, he figures that they don't know. He's got no clue where he is because of the, yeah, so. But he also knows Martin has a team. Like, you, you see what I'm saying? Like, Cosmo was very full of himself and very arrogant yeah. to only think, oh, there's no way that this this motherfucker who looks like Brad Pitt is going to fuck. By the way. Yeah, I, I fucking I've always kind of said I think Brad Pitt looks like a young Robert Redford. Never so much more in this. Yeah, even when they were in the same movie Spy Game together, I'm like, oh my god, it's before and after. <laughs> this is very much like if they remade Sneakers or you do they made a Brad Pitt. Prequel, the yeah. fucking Sneakers. Brad Pitt. You could be Brad Pitt. Yeah. He also he could have even if he if he'd been acting he could have been the college aged bishop the the flashback sequence he could have they could have used him there you know when yeah. well yeah. I don't I don't think. I don't think Brad Pitt had a career. I'm saying if he was, that's all. I'm saying, you know. Yeah, I think but. he was. He was a year too late because he started appearing in shit like '93, like True Romance and everything. So, um, the last thing, I, and this is more just a question for you guys, and more more so for Rico. But Steph, if you if you have thoughts, please chime in. Um, mm-hmm. With the whole movie taking place in the Bay Area, how accurate was to some of the stuff they were talking about, like the bridges and whatnot? I was curious. Um, it was accurate, um, in the sense that they did name the right bridges and like, oh, River Phoenix hacked into an Oakland school. Yay. But like, I don't see it's, it's, it's not, it is set in the Bay Area, but it's primarily set in San Francisco. Um, right. I, yeah. So that's kind of, it's, it's really kind of like asking a, a New Yorker who lives in Manhattan versus a New Yorker who lives on the mainland. No, I, I get that, but I guess I was just more like, curious. It's like, yeah, we we can understand that it's you know it's relatively right, but <laughs> okay, but, but, but like, oh, Steph, you're from Southern California, so what's Hollywood like? You're like, what the no, fuck do I know about Hollywood? No, I, I and, and Rico, I didn't mean to insult you, but I mean the point. The no, the, no, 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 you're not insulting. I'm just we're giving you the best. Uh, we're giving you the best explanation of of how we felt. Like, yeah, we knew it was set in the Bay Area, but it didn't feel like. A Bay Area film. Does that sure, make but, sense? No, it does. But I mean, I guess my reason for even bringing it up is, is I'd be more likely to get accurate answers from, say, like, if, if I asked Sav, so how was Sneakers for being in the Bay Area? He'd be like, oh, I've never been to San Francisco. You know, maybe he has, but you get the point I'm saying. Like, you, sure. you fucking live in the area, at least, you know, so. It, it, it definitely was filmed in San Francisco. <laughs> in comparison, you know the movie The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith? Yeah, yeah. Okay, that feels more like a Bay Area movie than Sneakers because he is he's always he's going on BART all the time. Okay. He mm-hmm. is in San Francisco. Like it there's a part where he's like, Oh, I gotta go to Oakland today. Like it it, it feels very much like how you like how like Tarantino is has characters in pulp fiction talking about Los Angeles. Like, oh, I gotta go up to Glenview, and I gotta go to fucking Inglewood, and I got a, I got a friend over I, on fucking... I guess I was just curious if they if they fudge some of the stuff. You know what I mean? Like, the bridges, especially, like, the bridges, because that seems to be the most, obviously, the Golden Gate, but, like, the other ones that they, they reference, you know, like, well, you know. I was no, expecting no. another bridge name, and I wonder if they changed the name after it. I don't, because there is a bridge out here called the San Rafael Bridge. And mm-hmm. I, I've always known it as the San Rafael Bridge. I don't know if that's just the slang version of it or if they changed it. 
Um, so when I w- when they were like talking about the bridges, I was like, oh, San Rafael Bridge, and like, nope, that didn't come up at all. Um, it also could just be in the wrong goddamn direction. Well, do you remember what they the do you remember what they called um, it in the film? No. Okay, because according to this, it's also it's a it's officially named the John F. McCarthy B- Memorial Bridge. So I was um, just wondering if I'm going to look to see if they have it in the comments, uh, the dialogue section, the quotes. Right, right, of, right. Uh, okay. I did like how when they dumped him out of the van, and he was on those iconic hilly streets in yeah, yeah. San Francisco, and you saw the bay and you saw Alcatraz in the background. Mm-hmm. Like that did remind us that the movie's in the bay. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, and 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 obviously, the where it is is only only integral to one part. When they're talking about the NSA does all their stuff out of Los Angeles, not San Francisco. That's the only time the area is like vital to the story because you could have picked anywhere with bridges or or highways and done the rest of the film with all respect to the Bay Area. But I mean, like that's the only time that San Francisco is is specifically um, mentioned. Well, the pier. And the pier. Yeah, you're right. Okay. But you, you get the point. Like, as a whole, you know, the, the, the city's not integral to the story as it is in, in some other films. So, um, but let's... To answer your question, yeah, it did feel like a Bay Area film, but not so much, like, where it was in your face. I was just curious were, how I... They, I... I would say that they were about 90% accurate. Cause, yeah, I, would, I uh, was more the, concerned. Wherever the the technical place was the the factory or home or corporate office or whatever. I, I haven't seen an area out here that would replicate that look. Yeah. Which it probably wasn't. <laughs> For, know, so. I mean, the, the only Bay area movies that really kind of like scream super Bay area is like Fruitvale station, pursuit of happiness. Um, I, I wasn't so concerned but, with how, how how much it screamed the area as much as it was the the stuff that was referenced how how accurate it was so that's really right where my concern I think, was. I, mean, you know, I, was. I don't know like um I I just don't I mean what is it the Dublin area has more of those corporate offices with big parking lots but it's not out in the middle of nowhere it's still very much entrenched in sub- sub- suburbia okay so. Well. Like, I was just trying to think of it, you know, even if they had to drive a while, drive at least an hour around, like, I can't think of a, of a region that would really fit that. Okay, well, again, it was more just curious about, like, the references they made, not, not so much visually speaking. Um... Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family. And for others, it's your significant other, their golfing buddies, your children, a high school soccer team starting lineup, and oh look, they're all taking you up on the offer to stay for dinner, really testing the limits of that phrase, the more the merrier. But no matter where you call home, GEICO makes it easy to bundle and save on home and car insurance. Easier than making three frozen pizzas and assorted frozen veggies into a cohesive meal. You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just gotta turn out the light. Ow! Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. 
I do want to. I do want to move on, unless you have anything else to Tron, because I I want to. We have two more films to get into, and one of which I know Rico hated. So no, um, I'm ready to talk about Tron. Okay, so Tron, you did not like it. Um, yeah, I um, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like. Let me preface this. I like Jeff Bridges. I there are very few films with Jeff Bridges where I have not liked Jeff. Bridges. Like I like, I like, I like movies that like are not well received that he happens to be in. Like there's a movie called K-Pax. I love K-Pax. K-Pax is great. And he's yeah. great in it. And, and I totally fucking dig Jeff Bridges. Like I get this actually happened. Like I think Maddie Granger posted it was, no, it was Ralph Garman. Ralph Garman posted like, Oh man, I'm watching, you know, this movie. And it stars a young Kurt Russell. It was like on Disney Plus. And he's talking about how his daughter is just like, Dad, this is boring. What are you talking about? And then someone commented with Jeff Bridges, like a, a gif of Jeff Bridges. And right. Ralph was like, that is not Kurt Russell. But I get it. I get the confusion between Jeff Bridges and Kurt it. Russell. Yeah, I get yeah, it. Tol- yeah, I totally get it. Like, I've had people say, oh, man, my favorite Jeff Bridges movie is fucking, you know, uh, you know, uh, escape from New York. It's like, um, excuse me. No, he's not. And I think it's, I think it's the fact that both of them happened to work for Disney when they were younger. Mm. Um, but for Tron, like going, how we talked about with like hackers, like this is definitely a subject and a world that I'm just not fluent in. Right. Like I, right. And like, I'm, I'm definitely going into the first Tron being like, okay, I get that the, the, at the time, this was groundbreaking shit. Oh yeah, but yeah, it, it, but yeah. it looks really bad now. Oh sure, sure. Um, like I I'm a bit I like the actor David Warner, who played the fucking bad guy oh, in, in the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, I I've been a fan of his work, you know, in Time Bandits, which I've talked about. Um, I I thought he was interesting he also did the voice of the uh the command some the the fucking the the big bad master control program Uh, mcp yeah he he supplied the voice he was uncredited for that so i give him props for doing that um i i just feel like jeff bridges when he's playing both clue and kevin flynn uh his performance as clue in the first movie is really fucking I, I get he's supposed to be a machine. He's supposed to be a fucking program. So I right. get that he's not supposed to be charismatic. He's just, I just kind of felt like the movie itself was just fucking boring. It was just, I, I kept saying to Steph, I'm like, Oh fuck, this is so boring. And I, and I couldn't keep my attention. I really fucking tried, but I found myself just like not falling asleep, but like not being able to be focused Whereas I didn't get that impression from the second one. The second one, I was like, I'm fucking in. Like, I don't say this often, but this is like, this is the Terminator 2 of of fucking, you know, like, yes, they had to stylize it very, very heavily in order to make it interesting. But that's my point, is they had to really kind of action pack and CGI and Disneyfy this fucking movie in order for me to give a fuck. Um I I have I still have problems with with legacy, 
But really, my my main problem is again, it's the CGI for Jeff Bridges as Clue, where they de-age his fucking face. Yeah, but you're it's talking about not... legacy. We're well, talking about the original yeah, Tron. Talking... Yeah, but I'm talking both because they go hand in hand. Like I'm saying that Tron, especially the first one, I was just fucking bored. Like it just wasn't exciting. Even even the fucking light racing and the fucking the light cycle. Um, yeah, the light cycles and, and and the fucking here here's my you know the throwing the throwing the discs part was the was interesting. But I'm like, God fucking damn it! Like I really. Like I, I missed out on this movie where it was part of my should should have been part of my childhood, but I did try to watch it. Like I remember vividly, I was being babysat, and they're like, "Oh, we're we're gonna put on," and throughout, and I had a double whammy of bullshit with this babysitter. They put on fucking Labyrinth, and mm-hmm. I was freaked out and mm-hmm. creeped out, and I didn't get the why David Bowie was singing on stairs that were upside down. I just was, this is not for me. And then the next time I was babysat, like, okay, we're going to, I'm going to put on Tron. Everyone loves Tron because at the time that was fucking awesome and shit. And I was like, I fucking had the quick, I, 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 I took a nap really goddamn quickly. And then I would wake up and I'd kind of try and watch this shit. And I'm just like, I don't, it's just bland and, and bullshit. And no, I did not like Tron. It was Age of Tron. It was fucking... I was Tron in 60 seconds, motherfucker. I was I was so fucking Troned out. And I, and I found it absolutely interesting that, like, the name is Tron, and, like, the character Tron is really secondary. He really is. Like, it, it, it's, it's a well, code... Well, yeah, yes and no. Well, no. Yeah, I would have to say no to that. <laughs> I'm... I mean, he's Flynn is the main character. Flynn is the protagonist. It for me, it was well. It was, no, it we see Alan first. Well, no, and that's not true. We we do see him trying to break in. Yeah, Flynn I is don't... the main character to the point that they had a, his son be the main character in the second film. Kevin have... Flynn is the main character. I just found it interesting that, like. It was almost surprising that his name in the world wasn't Tron. Like it wasn't like he created the code Tron, and that was his uh, alias. I was surprised by that. You know, the title okay. character is a very secondary character to the point where you really don't see Tron in the sequel. You see a dude, a stuntman, who is like, "Oh, it's Tron," but it's no longer Tron. Well, and then you see Alan fucking around. Right. Well, I well, and, okay. Yeah. Tr- it. I think that they chose the, t- the title as Tron rather than Clue or Flynn or whatever. Well, Clue. It's because, yeah, I, because I definitely want to Tron. Tron is the hero. Even though we're following Flynn, it, it's it's Tron who saves the day. True. Yeah. Yeah. I get. I get that. I think also Tron just sounds fucking cool. Well, actually, technically. Yeah, I mean, Tron saves the day, but if if Flynn doesn't jump into the MCP, then Tron never gets the disc into the into the the middle there in that in that the, to break the connection or whatever. So right, but no, I was it, it's it's not my movie. Like I I <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed Legacy way more, but Steph can attest. I was just like grumbling when it's so fucking boring, so goddamn boring. It's just sorry. 
<laughs> I, I, I really, I really can't fucking break. I mean, I'll let you guys fucking geek out if you want to, but I really can't contribute enough. And it's not like I have anything specific. Like, oh, this, like, it's not like well, you can find. I remember, you, I remember you one. saying that you really disliked how um, they were really overacting. Yeah, uh, like Jeff Bridges, like I don't know what ounce amount of cocaine he fucking did as Flynn in the first one because it's a real stark difference. Like Kevin, I mean, apart from the fact that Kevin Flynn is older in Legacy, but he went from like cokehead mania to like real Zen master man. Like in the second well, one, well, I like, think were, I I think being well, there's trapped. A, there's in a character. The- there's a character development reason for that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, I, I just I, I think so being I think being tra- trapped on the grid for you know thirty almost thirty years it will will I, change your perspective on some stuff. I just felt. I think my biggest gripe is that there's very little character development in the first film by itself. Like, let's say Legacy was never made. Tron is a standalone movie. It's just, there's no character development. I found myself trying to fucking understand why I gave a fuck. And, like, honestly, the most interesting character is... What is he? The fucking MCB? What the fuck is he? MCP. MCP. Yeah. The MCP is the most interesting fucking character. Because it's it just like in the sequel, Clue is the most interest is one of the more interesting characters. Like I'm, he he is Ultron. Not to fucking make a pun of it, but he is like I was created to do good, and this is AI gone bad. That's exactly what it is. It's the age of fucking Tron. It's just no Tron. <laughs> um, it's it's. I just felt like it was. If you took Tron by itself as a standalone film, the the I I don't know, man. I just I didn't get I didn't get it and I didn't dig it and I was just sort of everything was bland and they're trying to be exciting. And I honestly do acknowledge that I missed that window of opportunity. I missed the time where movies were a, a certain thing and this was groundbreaking and this is great and it was Disney trying some shit, but I felt like oh. you know. We know how you felt. You you scrambled on about it, honey. <laughs> so, Tron, the movie, mm. Flynn's character, Kevin Kevin Flynn, he is he is a wronged employee who created a bunch of games, and someone else took the credit for him. Yep. And so, it opens with him trying to hack back in so that. They, he can have the digital proof that he was the creator of these games. His friend, by proxy, Alan, is friend, friend's a is, strong is word. Even, one, even by proxy, friends a strong word there. Yeah, more like rival, but but they're on the same side. <laughs> Ultimately, yeah, um, but that yeah, that but that's only because of Flynn's doing. Now, Flynn hadn't tried to break in and get this the. the, the Series no, no, seven. No, no, it's, no. It's because of the girlfriend. What's her name? Uh, but it's Laura? also right. But if if the level seven access hadn't been removed because of Flynn, then it wouldn't have mattered. You know what I mean? Like they they would have never gone to Flynn's arcade that night, and he'd still have access. Alan would have still had access. Still had access to Tron. 
the program. Well, Alan and Kevin needed each other to to succeed because both of them were wanting the same thing, in essence, because sure. the master control program was acquiring information and 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 it's like the master control program was trying to deprivatize data or mm. well privatize data d what is it open source data because he was acquiring everything and so you would ha- it would be akin to like things that were free that you could uh, have access to like the public library now all of a sudden you don't have access to because master control program has acquired it and you have to gain access through through permissions. That's basically what was really going on. It wasn't explained very well. It wasn't that even was that. No, it, 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 it wasn't even that complicated. He was trying to appropriate the programs into himself so that he would be the program. Not you go through him to get to access to that program. He would be the program. Exactly. You know, so and so and so that's what makes him you know the ultimate villain is because he's trying to he's trying to basically ultron and when ultron was was tapping into the internet and wanting to be the understand the most be the most you know anyway right no no you're yeah i mean it it, the mcp is definitely obviously the, the the villain but i think sark is the more the 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 focus because yeah. you know he he's the the visual embodiment of the MCP essentially you know yeah he's the in real life you know he is well not just in real life <laughs> well not I mean that though but I mean like even in uh, in the system you know the MCP is just a spinning top essentially whereas you know Sark's the one out there kind of like running thing he's he's Clue from Legacy he's he's the one out oh. there. No, I, I disagree. Clue is a combination of Sark and Well, that's what I'm saying. CMP. But like he's the one standing in MCP. front of the troops and pump and, 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 and leading the that's what I meant by Clue. Right, you know, but so. Sark even himself is he he is under the impression that he's got power and then fucking master control program is like, Fuck you, no, I've got the power. You're just yeah. a you're just my underling. Yeah. Yeah. And, you're my gopher to make things happen. Yeah, I did find it interesting just to talk about the the legacy for a second. That Killian Murphy has a real small uncredited role as Dillinger Jr. and I uh, because I had only seen Legacy once, and I was like, okay, I, I I forgot most of it. Like I remember, oh, there's fucking is it David Bowie in this movie? Nope, just a motherfucker who acts like him and looks like him. Um, <laughs> but I was under the impression that Killian Murphy was like. Doesn't he, doesn't he appear again? No. Like, they introduced this potential villain. Yeah. Well, and, I, I and need to break it Scarecrow. It was like, what the fuck? Why is he even here? Why is that even a thing? Well, yeah, that... I mean, it was really random to have introduced <laughs> that. It, it almost like they were setting up for a third film. They are, no, they, they were. It's exactly what they were doing. And if, you, and if you want, and I'm sure you haven't, because I'm lucky enough that you watched the movie, but on the special features, there is a thing called The Day After. And the day it's, it, it it does a little bit of background, and then it actually picks up to where legacy ends. And uh-huh. one of the things that you can watch on there, or part of that, is there's a text-based conversation with the screen name EDJ and MCP 
and you can kind of do the math. EDJ says, hey, Dad, did you see this? And the MCP Mm. says, yes, it won't be a problem, but he says it in the end. You actually... When when EDJ is typing on the screen, you just see the letters appear. When the mm-hmm. MCP is responding, the same voice plays through again, and you hear the mm. MCP's voice. And then, so it it almost implies that Dillinger's father has been digitized permanently in some capacity. Um, and then they he says, "Be careful." Even though it's not Kevin, he's still a Flynn. End of line. So mm. it 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 implies that Dylan. And the other thing that they don't talk about until you watch this thing. And yes, I know that's probably a huge problem for you, Rico, that they don't cover stuff like this. But Dillinger Systems was a separate company that Edward Dillinger apparently formed after he's ousted at the end of the first film as. Mm-hmm. Senior at senior exec of Encom, and his him and his son were running that. And then the new board, when they ousted, they didn't oust Allen, but they took him off the chairman seat when they just made him a board member. They went right. and acquired Dillinger Systems. It, yeah, see, they didn't explain that because as I'm watching, I'm like, why the fuck is Dillinger Junior working for Encom? I thought the same when thing they, when I saw it the first time. Yeah, because they they really out. Dillinger Sr. as, oh, he's a fucking plagiarist. He's He should not be part of this company. But then again, the guy yeah. who's the guy who's the current CEO of, of Encom is kind yeah. of a kind of a douche, so you could see oh, him Oh, he's be- a total douchebag, yeah. And so you could well, see yeah, him... <laughs> so you could see him being like, oh, well let's, let's give Dillinger, you know, let's, like, you could see him being kind of like, maybe even working in league with the Dillingers without even saying it, you know, so... Right. Yeah. He's just a greedy fuck. You know, corporate. Well, yeah, I mean, like, what's the difference? What's the difference with this? You know, when they when they ask him, what's the difference with this version of this year's, you know, operating system? Oh, we put a twelve on the box. You know, <laughs> I'm just saying it is kind of. My point was, it was just random as fuck to see Killian Murphy just be like, "Hi, I'm here." Like, what the fuck did you want? Yeah, okay. they, but they definitely were setting up for a third, and and as I'm reading, apparently it's still in the work. Like, it was actually announced in June last year that they're actually. It's kind of back in pre-production, so right. I heard, I read that too, but I, I, I really hope they don't. But that also kind of doesn't make sense because the, 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 the fucking I don't know what you call it. The fucking the Tron worlds, whatever the fuck. The what? Um, the, the Tron, digital the, world. The digital world. The, the grid. The grid. It was fucking Flynn Junior. Fucking deactivated at the end. He, no. he shut it off. No. Yeah. no, no. He turned on the Flynn sign of the arcade at the end. No, I know. I the Rico's He's talking about business. no, but Rico, Rico's. Ta- I know what Rico's talking about. Rico's talking about when he gets out of the, the when he, he gets out of the grid. He's still down in the office. He turns off that that computer and he puts yeah. something onto a flash drive that he's now wearing around his neck that's flashing. No, so what I think he did somehow, Rico. If I'm gonna guess at best, because I was wondering about that myself, because I honestly didn't notice that. Till this time, I think he transferred the grid onto that flash drive somehow, and so he's yeah. walking around with the grid on his neck. So is is the grid shut down? No, but there's no more public access to the grid. It's it's literally functioning in a self-sustaining somehow 
flash drive that's how well, holding around his neck. Well, there there wasn't there wasn't plug public access to the grid before, and that's no, why but the but I mean, stuck. right? But I'm just saying. <laughs> You know what I mean, but well, back to back to Tron. <laughs> Hold on, um, I'm trying to because I, I after I watch it, I, I double check on Wikipedia and shit just to kind of you know bridge well, some you know. Step on some let's, let's yeah. talk. Let's talk about that when we get to Legacy. We're still on Tron. <laughs> right. Um. Okay, so this is pre Matrix. This is pre a lot of. Oh yeah. Yeah. Of of blending digital world into into uh, in real life, mm-hmm. you know, you can see how a lot of this has influenced uh, media in the in the future. Oh, sure. Like especially like the opening sequence. Uh, when I was watching that, I w- I immediately thought of You've Got Mail because it's the same kind of digitized city city cityscape mm-hmm. that is revealed. You know, um, it it actually made me think a lot. Like the first time that I watched Tron, I I was kind of on the same level as Rico, or was just like, man, this is really boring. But I saw it the second time with him, and I I learned to appreciate it a lot more because there's a lot more like nuances as to the ramifications of of the digital world and how, what it would do if it really did blend in with with the real world, you know? So it kind of like opened up Johnny, Johnny mnemonic minority report, AI bicentennial man, like a lot of that lawnmower man, lawnmower man. A lot of that is like really kind of, you can see it's, it's, it's roots coming from the concept of Tron. Yeah. You know, no, you know, you're absolutely right. It's just, it's, it's really interesting um, like you said, its roots and what it's what's inspired, and at the time it was the most uh, CGI'd film in in history. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, obviously, I'm sure we could list five off the top of our heads now to blow that out of the water. <laughs> but you know, at the time, and none of them are called Tron, even though the the, yeah. the new one is. But I'm saying we can name five other ones. <laughs> you know, still blow it yeah, out. Yeah, one of them is Ultron. Yeah, I think, and and I think yeah. Something that really bothered me, though, visually about it, because I, I realized that they had to make it a very distinctly different from in real life to digital life, was how much neon white there was. In in the first one. In the first movie. Yeah. Wait. Did you like, say neon? Wait. Did you say neon light or white, as in the color? As in the color. Like whitewashed, literally white, everywhere. It was. I'm sensitive to light, and so watching the uh, the grid portion of the film was painful. Like literally painful. Okay, I'm trying to remember the neon white from that. I I remember the blues and the reds and things like that, but I don't remember the. I I will attest to the fact that I felt like Legacy took all the color that was lacking of the first film and put it in it. I felt like... Well, no, we're not... No, uh, like, for instance, when Tron and Laura think that uh, Flynn is dead and they go to the information dude, which I can't remember who he is right now. Dumond. So that Tron can reach out to Alan. Dumond. That entire scene 
literally hurt my eyes. <laughs> okay. I mean, I'm not. I'm not dismissing that. I'm just trying to wrap my brain around that. But okay. So bloody bright, <laughs> like fuck me. <laughs> it's just I don't know. It was quite. There was a. There was a lot of white in the film, and that that hurt me. Well, I because mean, because when I think of computers and computer systems, especially back with code, it's black screen, green letters. It's it's you know matrix. Right. So. To see that much brightness was really off-putting. <laughs> well, me. I, 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 I mean, I would argue the second half of that film—not second half because it does—it does loop back around. But when you're on, when you—you you can't even say that because that's not technically the grid. That's that's the system. That's the big mm-hmm. difference between one and two. One, it's the system, and and then and two, it's the grid. But mm-hmm. when you're in the system, I would argue it's a it's a black and white film with color accents. I mean, essentially when you're when you're in when you're in there because they're all in black and I I think they even shot it in black and white and then added the color digitally after the fact. So, meaning the the reds, the blues, the whatevers. Um you know, so well, however they did that, it it did not it on in my eyes, it did not transmute very sure. correctly, like sure. it very cleanly. It, like it was painful for me. <laughs> it's it's just really interesting how, you know, Rico. You mentioned you thought this one was boring, and yet, from comparing the two films from a a critical perspective, most people found the story more intriguing on one, and it, and that they could relate with the characters more with mm-hmm. one than two. Like, that's the biggest criticism of, of between the two films. I'm not going to criticize anybody who likes this film for liking this film. No, I, I know you I heartedly acknowledge that this, that I have very little interest in, 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 in more, I mean, I can say this. I'm not a fan of the sci-fi genre as much as people expect me to be. Because people expect well, because- that I, you you're more of a geek than a nerd, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I would agree with that. And I I straddle the line between nerd and geekdom. Like I really can appreciate the nerd films. <laughs> sure. Like I I like like for example, Terminator as a franchise is basically a computer that went bad and then destroyed the fucking world and then you know, machines taking over the planet and enslaving the humans and blah, blah, blah. That I can get into. If it was not, if it was just like... So a, so where are you with, um, um, not I Am Legend. iRobot? Uh, iRobot. I, th- I think iRobot is, is a, I mean, look, it is, it's a movie. It's, it's definitely, it's definitely um, catering toward a Will Smith audience. Because, you know, Will Smith is cracking his jokes like, you know, he does in Men in Black. And it's very much a, uh, a Will Smith vehicle. But the the uh, the science doesn't really interest me that much. But the character development of Alan Tudyk as the robot does intrigue me because he is he has an agenda and he's not a villain, even though he's first labeled to be as a villain. Um, it has also been a fucking while since I've seen iRobot. Um, 
I think, uh, again, I have to stress, that is less a science fiction movie and more of a Will Smith science fiction movie. It, no, it, it's not. <laughs> yes, it is. It absolutely is. It's very it's, science fiction movie. It's it's all about robots. It is a science mankind. fiction movie, but it, it's, it's a will it's, <laughs> No, it's a Will Smith movie first. If you took Will Smith out of that film and had it played by fucking anybody else, then it would become more of a science fiction movie. I'm saying his character and the way he films movies and the way he you know, he he tongue-in-cheek quips and and blah 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 is it's in itself a genre like i don't, I don't know how else to explain it. I, well we're, we're we're off tracking a little too far here <laughs> but, but it's not really my fucking you're right it's it, i mean sci-fi is is i can appreciate it but i can appreciate very certain ones like i fucking love star wars that is but that's that's sci-fi fantasy yeah. Where Star Trek is sci-fi. It's it's the, you know, it's we're going to go and explore, you know, where no man has gone before. And, oh, they're speaking this language. And it's very yeah. philosophical. Whereas Star Wars says it in the fucking title. It's fucking wars. I mean, shit's got to <laughs> happen. Whereas <laughs> Trek is, let's just fucking go on a goddamn space road trip and stop at every goddamn store on the way and see what language they speak. I don't know. I haven't seen a whole lot of Star Trek to have a real opinion of it. Whereas Tron, I, like, I, look, I'm I, gonna admit, I fucking like the sequel because it kind of it 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 dumbed it down enough for me to kind of understand it more, and it added more action and it looked better. I also have to give praise to Olivia Wilde. I was mm-hmm. very fascinated by her character. I read they based it her on Joan of Arc. I, I love her. I loved her enthusiasm of like, oh, do you know um, Jules Verne? Uh, Jules yeah, Verne. And he's like, yeah, I know Jules. Verne. Like, oh my god, what's he like? Like, I get. I love that childish yeah. innocence of, yeah, of her good. of her character. Yeah. I I thought Michael Sheen. We, you know, CJ and I we've been praising Michael Sheen numerous times. He was definitely one of the best fucking parts of this movie. Um, you know, to see a motherfucker basically be the cabaret. Owner, the MC from Cabaret, and David fucking Bowie. He actually like, got a lot of comparisons. Yeah. To... It was so amazing I... how they're like they, they just didn't name him Iggy, but they totally fucking could have. Yeah, he he got a lot of comparisons to Bowie in that role. I got yeah. Ziggy. I think I can agree with a lot of the um, the rest of the viewers who were saying that you can relate more with the Tron characters than the Tron legacy characters, because like, I definitely understood, you know, certain programs that were like, I'm not even supposed to be here. I can't do this. I'm not not supposed to be here today. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I I can understand being thrown into a world that they're not supposed to be in because like I, that happened to me. Like when I was fresh out of college and I did internship and I was like, I I did not take one (laughs) class that would help me with my with my work and you know i i I could understand that character i could understand ram who was that fun in-between guy that that had the the optimism because and 
he was the altruistic character. He, his programming was to help people build their futures, you know, and, and that's, that I can totally be with that character. Like I, I, that is how I feel like, you know, if there's any way that I could help someone, you know, plan their future or give advice in any way, then I would do that, you know, and Tron trying to be the the savior of the day the one who's who's like i've been given a task i will come hell or high water i will do it you know that's commendable and but he also didn't he had a an element of humanity that was a little bit further than his programming you know and and i felt like we didn't get to see much of alan and we got a little bit of alan in tron you know yeah i can see that I could see that. Like, I, and I can do the, I can do this kind of like side by side comparison of like how I could, I could feel like I, I can identify with the characters with almost every character in the first movie, Tron. Oh, like, I got, I got a sidestep for a second here. I was totally disgusted with Flynn when he kissed Laura in the, in the, uh, mm. on the grid or wherever. <laughs> like, motherfucker. Oh, wait, wait, random as fuck. <laughs> I was like, dude, she is clearly with Tron. <laughs> and in she real life, she's clearly with Alan. She didn't like, exactly resist, though. It's not like he was forcing she himself. Didn't know the, she didn't know the difference. Because right. when, she kisses, I actually, when she kisses Tron, then he's like, ooh, that's pleasant. Like, mm-hmm. like, like I don't know. That, that was felt really character flaw. Arrogance. I'm, I'm kind of done with this trope of where, like, a hero and a, and a, and a heroine do something. And then it's always the man. Usually, usually it's the man where he's just like, Hey, we survived that. They're going to leave me kiss you now. It's like, dude, you clearly have something on your fucking mind. Like, did you save me so you could fuck me? (laughs) Yeah. By the way, when you said I'm not even supposed to be here, I immediately thought of Tronte. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I didn't get that same though impression with the characters in in Legacy though, like I, I really just didn't. I, I, didn't I think get that connection. The the the, pro- the problem is that I think I think a lot of people that have felt that way, and I'm not talking about you stuff per se, but just more the general consent, the, the general uh, population or whatever. If if you if you don't have a connection to the first one and and the reverence for the first one, because see, I I going into the second one having a huge connection with Flynn and and the original Tron character, even though he doesn't really appear in Legacy, you know, but but definitely Flynn and his adventure and and what happens, like so, I I went into it automatically, kind of invested in in Flynn, and then obviously, you know, in the beginning, you're not sure where it's going on, because he's been missing for 20 years, or whatever the hell it is, and, but that automatically kind of um, transfers that that feeling from Flynn to his son, to Sam, you know what I mean, and then, I don't, I, I, I I just dig the films, I I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of don't know how else to get into it, um, except that, if I can, yeah, go ahead. I know, just accept that I, I just think that I, I enjoy them. I, I enjoy, you know... Oh, I Legacy. definitely enjoy Tron Legacy in, 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 in so much that I listen to the soundtrack, like, all the time. It's it's part of my work. Well, and then, see, that's, that's motivated. also... That's you know, also like, one of the... I, I'm very... I, I'm not shitting on Tron Legacy. But that's also I one just, of the... Uh, 
the big criticism of the films is like one of the biggest criticisms of the films is that it's a two hour Daft Punk music video. That's that's something I've seen multiple times. You know, is that you're gonna hate? <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I agree, and I, I I don't necessarily share that perspective, but I'm just saying that that's that's one of the things I've seen. Rico, this is something I think you'll find interesting, just because it's 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 an interesting. Uh, I don't know if it's by design or not, but but Tron, the original Tron, had a budget of seventeen million dollars. Tron Legacy had a budget of a hundred and hundred and seventy million dollars, so ten times more. Right. You know, um, oh, and it shows. <laughs> no, well, but you also, but, but I did the math. I looked it up. So in, and it's still a pretty big difference. But if it was twenty twenty one numbers, it would have been forty six million budget as opposed okay. to seventeen. So with the inflation, or whatever. The other thing that you'll, this is one thing you'll find real interesting, Rico, is that hold on, where does it go? So it was released in July of eighty two, um, and opening weekend it made four million. And it went on to gross 33 North American and 17 worldwide, so 50 altogether. Mm-hmm. The thing that's interesting about that is at the time, it was Disney's highest grossing live action film for standing for five years from that point on. So from 82 to 87, Tron was the highest grossing live action Disney film. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was kind of interesting, too. Um, I, I, I believe it. Um, let me let me preface this. Like As, as much as I, I'm bitching about the first Tron, I will I will definitely acknowledge that Tron Legacy, in my opinion, feels like a sequel. Like yes. I'm I'm I you know it, it definitely rec- it definitely does a lot of respectful throwbacks. Like mm-hmm. yeah, Daft Punk made it like a fucking music video, and I I did actually find it funny that Daft Punk is in it. They play the DJs. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, why wouldn't um, you? They 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 look like Tron. They look like great characters. I mean, and that's exactly, and that's not meant as a dig at Daft Punk. It's just the reality of it. So, I I totally like what they did. Like the little throwbacks. Like you know, he's telling her how to pilot the fucking the light copter, and he's just like, it's all on the wrist. Yeah, like that was mm-hmm. a nice throwback. You know, shit like that, where clearly the writers and director were fucking obsessed with Tron. Like they knew what they were doing. <laughs> that's a and big I, door. <laughs> that's a big door i yeah, mean I, yeah. I you know little throwbacks like that and of course if you're gonna have the son of david warner killian murphy fucking is like your go-to if this was made in 20 fucking 20 it would have been tom fucking hiddleston yeah mm-hmm. oh and also if you notice and the little thing but if you know when when um sam goes back to his apartment which is what he calls it, but I I don't even think you call that an apartment. It's more like a fancy garage, but whatever. Yeah. The 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 box above says Dumont on it, which is oh yeah yeah. I missed that so, part. Yeah, well, it's it's subtle. Like you have to be you know kind of looking for it, it, but yeah. I like the evolution of the characters, like Clue as a character. It's a different Clue. It's a completely different Clue. It's a completely different clue, but it is an autumn. It, it absolutely does totally make sense that clue would eventually become bad, which, you know, because sure. uh, Flynn gives him the, 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 the goal of you are going to make as perfect of a world as possible. And because clue has a computer mind, he's looking at, well, people are fucking the worst thing to ever happen to society. Right. right? right. So I'm going to control that shit. And then well, developed- they're the worst because they're imperfect. He he was told that you will make the perfect 
That was sister. that was the wrong choice of word. Yeah, for for Flynn to Flynn, use. Flynn, in the, Kevin yeah. Flynn did the classic error of you gave way too specific of a rule to your computer. Yep. <laughs> I also totally dug that they made Tron a, you know, he's he's a he's a mind wiped henchman. I would have liked mm-hmm. to have seen more of a reveal, more of a Which, impact. I have a huge problem with the series, by the way. Because of that, I haven't. Yeah, I haven't seen the series, obviously. So, so, so the long, the long and short of it is this: there, it, it takes place between the two Tron films. Clue's already in power, and mm-hmm. this does Jeff, does Jeff Bridges come back? No. Oh, I he he might be voicing Clue. I don't I don't remember honestly. I know Alex or um, is it Alex Botline there? The guy who plays Tron. He he definitely comes back, and and honestly, Rico, you got uh, Paul Rubens, Mandy Moore, Elijah Wood, um, Reginald Val Johnson. They're all in this in this uh, animated series. It's an animated series, though, so I don't know how much you would right, like right, it. Right, right. You know, I I caught that. Yeah, it, um, it, it, after I was done watching, when I was looking Tron up Legacy. Movie, yeah, when I was Tron. looking up Tron and Tron Legacy on IMDb, he's like, "Oh, do you also want Tron the fucking?" I'm like, "No, Uprising." Not at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um. But it takes place between two films, and this char- the, the main character, Beck, who's a new character voiced by Elijah Wood, uh, has decided that since Clue has now expanded his thing into their world, to their section of the grid, that he's going to fight back a la Tron and kind of mm-hmm. take on the mantle of Tron. So it's, think of it like a Batman Beyond-ish kind of thing. Um, right. And he the only thing is that he meets up with because i'm going to spoil it because i know you're not going to watch it but he he ends up meeting with with tron who is acting as rinsler but also as tron and he's very much aware of both roles so that it, it immediately like shit cans what happens in the film well it also kind of like like not for nothing i'm sure the series is fine but and as a midquel once you see legacy uh, before you see the series, if you make that mistake, you're going to be like, well, clearly Elijah is not going to fucking succeed in this shit because then legacy wouldn't have fucking happened. Right. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, there's mm-hmm. the, 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 no, I it's will very, say uh, rogue one. It is. It's, it's very, yeah, it's very it, rogue one. It is. Yeah, it's, right. it's very, it's very it's disjointed. Like, hmm, I, I, I will say this. In this one. I will say this about the series. It's well done. It's if you're a fan, if you're despite the, the, the story, issues right like the 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 continuity or whatever of it the stories themselves are really well done and it's entertaining and and you definitely get the tron feels you know and i and i believe what's that the tron feels yeah and and then and i do think that daft punk was involved in the music so you still get that kind of like crossover with legacy in that regard because it is it is the new grid it's not the original system so it would make sense to have that Daft Punk esque vibe, right? You know, um, I I do I do like the upgrades to the to the the outfits. You know what I mean? And, and the way the discs are done, like legit, it was hockey helmets and frisbees in eighty two. You know, whereas these are they, well, yeah, I mean, no, no limitations. No, of course, no. But I'm saying like these look like wholly original things. The discs are different. They they they've got it's like a ring type of thing now as opposed to, well, um, you know, uh, a frisbee. So it it but it it plays I mean, well. When when Rico and I had 
had just finished watching Legacy. <laughs> um, he had he had mentioned something about how like it really didn't feel like visually it didn't look like a sequel to Tron, and I said, well, it it couldn't be because like technology has changed exponentially so since the first movie mm. that it, if it looked like the original we would be like come on guys we're, we're doing wi-fi world you know <laughs> like well not not just that you got to figure that that flynn would have done an upgrade you know what I mean? Just think of it from that way. Right. Forget, forget for reality. You're right, Steph. From a reality perspective, you're 100% correct. No arguments. But think about it from, from Flynn's no. perspective. Flynn would have taken, he would have looked at the original system and said, okay, this is wrong, this is wrong, this is wrong, or, or I can improve this and then I can improve this. And then he would, like, and I think, so, I think that's even what, alluded. What bothers me? Okay, finish your thought. It's even alluded to when him and Sam are talking on the 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 ship. I guess is because I forget what that thing's called, where it's got the the big sail on the front. But they're on there, and he's like, you know, he's going through just different things that are you know in the world today. And he says Wi-Fi, and he goes, oh yeah. And he said, didn't he goes, what's Wi-Fi? And he goes, digital linking of of machines or whatever. And he goes, oh, I thought that yeah. I thought of that in '82. Like you know what I mean, like eighty five or eighty five, whatever. But he 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 thought of it well before Wi Fi was thing. Right. You know, what, so what's what really 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 bothered me? This is a huge plot hole issue for me about Tron Legacy. Is that Kevin Flynn, Elder Flynn, tells Sam that the two worlds are are connected in ways that that we can't realize. Yeah. Yet, somehow, like, Kevin Flynn didn't, didn't grow with how our society does, like, lexicon. Like, he would, if, if we're really connected, if we're really connected, especially since it's through internet, then, the, then Tron, the, then the grid would, would be a, a mirror of what our current culture is. Like, he wouldn't really... It wouldn't, that discussion you guys were just talking about wouldn't have happened because Flynn would have been aware. I, d I don't think it's connected in that way. I, I know he says that makes a statement, but I don't think that's the type of connection he's referring to. But I, I, I agree with you, Steph, but at the same time, I would also argue that I'm sure Clue knows, but Clue is, is not exactly on talking terms with Flynn. So and Clue's more connected to, to the outside world than Flynn is because he's kind of in exile, essentially. Yeah, he's often totally, his... Which, by the way, his his fucking like he's got a view of the of the fucking grid and everything. I'm like, you could like, you have a really nice, sweet apartment or a, a fucking house. Like, mm -hmm. he, he, all a you have to house. do in order, yeah, all you have to do to find his ass is just fly a little further out of the city street, and then you'd find like, where is Flynn? He's the motherfucker standing outside looking at the city. I uh, I would argue oh. that there's some kind of um, visual force field that that uh, I, I don't think so. I think no, no I do. No, same, no, no I I'm with I'm with CJ here because because Flynn is the master program. He's basically the god of the system. No, he is. That's, not why even they, that's why they want the disc so bad, right? And so he's a, he's able to bend their their ability to see his reality. 
Right, but he, this is also the same guy who had the most important information disc on his back. Well, that's where you yeah, keep them. That bothered me so fucking bad. But that's <laughs> like, where you. He, he honestly wouldn't wear a cloak <laughs> so that it's not easily accessible. Come on, motherfuckers! <laughs> like, hmm. That was when he was a little too zen out. He was like, I didn't think it through, man. But but then again, but then again, Kevin Elderflin's biggest character flaw is his arrogance. No, but see, uh, no, no, no. As far as the disc goes, like even when he has that, because he has a cloak on at one point, and even at that point, the disc pops through. Like your disc is supposed to be readily available at all, but like you, you're, you don't cover your disc. You, you don't. That's not how that functions. I know, but uh, but the look of sheer Are shock on his <laughs> like, <laughs> like I mean, he's I'm... he's the god of the system. He can he can redesign his clothes any way he wants. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm saying like he the look of shock on his face when fucking one of the fucks like used a grappling gun to pull it off his back. He's just like Rinsler. Rins, he's like, why? How did that happen? No, I don't think that was Rinsler. No, it wasn't. It was a. Yeah. Uh, it was a. Uh... It's just an underling. It wasn't any particular person. Wh- whoever yeah. the fucking other cast member of Daft Punk was that fucking <laughs> took that thing and Batman grapple hooked that fucking thing off his back. The look of sheer surprise. It's like, how'd that happen? It's a fucking circle. It might as well be a target in red. Yeah. On your yeah. back, and you and you have your back to your enemy. Like, come on. I was really expecting, like, when he first comes in the nightclub, and he, like, kneels down. Like, I was expecting, like, a f- I, because I, I'd only seen the movie once. It was ten fucking years ago. I was half expecting, like, there to be a blade like nightclub fight scene where it's like, oh, we're going to see like the creator fuck these guys up. He's just like, no, I'm going to kneel here for a second because I'm old and my knees hurt. <laughs> I'm a no, meditating I, I, man. I got to, I got to honestly say that when I saw him kneel like that, I thought, oh man, they're going to so matrix this out and he's going to like totally fuck up their reality. And, <laughs> and no, no, he's just Kevin. like, no, I, I'm, <laughs> He's just, he's just like, kneeling there like, I hate the fucking Eagles, man. Like, he's just, he, for, he, he was very, like, in the first Tron, it's not, it's, it, like, clearly Jeff Bridges really liked the dude role in The Big Lebowski. Because he was very much like, what if the dude was in the grid? <laughs> like, he, all, all that was missing was him just, like, walk around, like, with a fucking white rush and be like... Yeah, man, like, it's, it's so fucking funny, because, like, you're ruining my zen, man, like, it's it's so fucking hysterical to, like, as far as I'm concerned, the real fucking midquill is the big Lebowski, like, that's, that's where you go, you go Tron, Lebowski, and then Tron Legacy, where it's just like, oh, this is what he was doing when he's not on the internet, he's just fucking high as shit, and just lazy as fuck, and it's like, yeah, man. <laughs> well, the big Tron Bowski. I um, I, I, yeah. I don't. I don't have much more at this point. I. I just. You know. I don't know. I guess it's just more nostalgia for me. But I. I love the films. I do. I. I watch them until until they took Legacy off Disney Plus, which was like yesterday. That- was yeah. so, so fucking weird. random. I know. Like we were like oh, Saturday. Right, we're gonna... It was Saturday yeah. because yeah. we we were wanting to see it like back to back and we couldn't. 
Yeah, we were like, we, Steph and I was like, okay, I found it. I put it on the fucking queue. It, it was already on my watch list, but I unchecked it and then checked it again. So it's like the first thing. Yeah. And then you sent me a text. You're like, it's gone. I'm like, the fuck it is. <laughs> it was there 12 minutes ago and shit. And then I looked again and then I'm like, and look, Steph and I did like almost every errand you could possibly fucking do in a day yesterday. And we're like, how the fuck are we? Like, I don't want to spend five dollars on it you know on amazon especially since disney was like here you go you can have our whole account like nope psych we take this one back from you for no fucking reason so i'm like calling joe at the video i'm like please fucking i was like joe i need i need tron legacy he's like oh why i'm like because disney plus said fuck you to me and i need tron legacy he's like oh do you want tron i'm like no i want tron legacy and so I, we did all this and it was like the, the countdown, like they closed at seven that day yeah. and it's like sick. Like I'm driving as fast as I fucking can giving Steph like <laughs> nausea. She already, already gets car sick. And I'm just like yelling at people. I'm like, you drive like you, you drive like old I thought, people. I fuck. thought it was like literally down the street. Like I thought from where you guys live now. I know, but we well, had we, like we were, five minutes we were... left before they closed. All right. No, we, we, but we were also like further away gotcha doing chiropractor and other things um okay so you know on my criteria of what i recommend it how much have i thought about this film after seeing it legacy kind of a lot and it's for what wasn't wasn't done in the movie so what is it her the ios the the girl who who isos was Isos, so yeah. the, the the last survivor of her kind that crosses over into our realm and basically has a digital DNA, like the the potential yeah. for what she could bring into our world, like that that is that's like <laughs> yeah, it's like well, bicentennial that... man technology yeah. being able to make organs and cure diseases. And it, it completely eradicates certain, you know, disabilities and ailments, and and then the backlash ramifications of that, which you know, with more people alive, then well, that then was less. That then, was, then there's there's less resource availability, and it and it can like branch off into like Elysium or like Moon, where like oh, this technology can like clone people, and it's just like my brain took her single character and just went fucking everywhere. <laughs> well, and that, and that, I, was, I, and that was that movie. <laughs> that was Flynn. That was Flynn's plan. That was that was basically Flynn's plan. Rico, I'd I'd like to ask how, like, when she fucking like has to go anywhere, and they're like, "Well, what's your social security number?" She's like, "Fuck," you know, like, yeah, I don't I don't know how that's all figured out either. Yeah. So, and that, like I. You know, let me just say this. I kind of view Star Wars A New Hope as kind of a boring one, too. Like, especially compared to, like, Empire and Jedi and, and the other sequels. Star Wars is exciting, but it's also kind of fuck. Like, are you going to fucking do something, Obi-Wan? God damn it. So, <laughs> like, in the sense that if there's, a, if there's a sequel to Tron fucking Legacy, I'll watch that shit. Like, I'll, I'm into it. 
because now I'm so deeply rooted in this fucking mythology, but I'm still sitting that like Tron sucks. You know, that's, that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> and I can see that. No, I, I'm definitely, I, and I'm glad that I at least got you interested in the mythology. I can understand that you don't like the one film and that's fine, but I'm glad I at least got you into the mythology, you know, so. You know, would, you, would you watch Tron if it was remade being 1980s, you know, uh, time you're asking. Uh, you're asking not, if they made the truthful, same. But but like if they remade it so that it, it in today's technology, but being truthful you, to the '80s. Are you asking if they if I would rewatch it? They remastered it and fucking made it look less fucking shitty. So it's still Jeff Bridges, it's still the original cast, but like yeah, just, just well, it doesn't it doesn't necessarily have to be the original cast per se. You know. Well, what are you asking? Are you asking if I would watch a remake of the original Tron and set in the same thing, and or are you asking if they, if like Lucasfilm, for example, or Pixar, just took the original film and like added some fucking color to make it more consistent? What do you? Which one are you asking me? Uh, aesthetically speaking, if they had remade the film to to now, but it's being true to the eighties, would you watch it? Sure, I think it's just kind of a bland, bad movie as well. I think. I think it, 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 I think that there was a, if you remade it, so it actually kind of resembles more of the sequel, not, not so much where it's like, it, it, it does like not, how do I phrase it? Yes, I would. Let me just answer that. Yes, I would watch a remake if their sole purpose is, Hey, we're going to try and make it so closer to the sequel. Like we're, we're not going to go Jeff Bridges because unfortunately Jeff Bridges if they try to fucking de-age him again, it just looks weird. Like, it, it, it just doesn't work anymore. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, it was inventive, and it was in, and it was, a, it was a thing that was like, holy shit, they fucking, they made the dude look fucking young. Yeah, don't do that anymore. Let Marvel fucking do that. They know what they're doing. Even then, sometimes it looks fucking weird. But, yeah, I'd watch a remake. <laughs> I'd rather watch a sequel. I'd rather I, watch a sequel than a remake. I would argue that that Mar that Marvel does that well because of Disney, though. Just to say, you know. Yeah, but but I, like I'm saying, Tron Legacy, that it looked like shit. No, it's it's a, no, sure. it's a, it's a, it's a bad de aging job. I don't disagree with you in any capacity. But I'm saying, but like, I would I would argue that was one of the first fucking times they did. That oh, it absolutely. I I don't think it's one of. I think it is the first Disney de age attempt. And it looks bad. Yeah. It no. Looks no question. Like, it, well, it looks the, like the reason Botox. The, the reason why it looks bad is because it's it's too smooth. You know, he just because you're younger doesn't mean you don't have wrinkles and skin pockets. And they made him significantly more angular than what he was at the time. I mean, if you do a side by side of the original Tron film and they're de aging, he's only supposed to be a few, you're like, what, eight years older? Like, come on. It, it's it, but they made him look even younger than his original self. So I don't know. It's. Hold on, I want to clarify, I'm not talking about Clue, the character, because that's supposed to look kind of fake because he's a computer program. I'll no, buy uh, the de-aging of when he was talking the, to his son. In the opening scene, yeah. It, it, yeah. It, yeah, I don't... They, they just made his, his... It's the skin 
it's the skin that's really the issue because yeah. it's just too um, single tone. Look, I'm I'm Tron, baby, Tron. Like I got nothing else. CJ here with a few thank yous to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you find your podcast. Please don't forget to rate and comment. If you want to agree with or yell at us, you can do it live. That's right. Rico and I put ourselves on a weekly live stream called Getting Vocal with Podaskew every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern, 5 to 7 p.m. Pacific at getvocal.com slash That's www.getvokl.com slash where we discuss various topics from past and present shows and even sometimes play games. If you can't or don't want to join us live, you can follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at RanceRico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for all original music on the show, especially our theme music. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. Greetings, program! Thank you.